0: Today is Thursday, April 20th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Nate is not a Calvinist. (laughs) I'm not a Calvinist. I'm not a Calvinist. No matter how much Chris wants to uh, adopt me or kidnap me into Calvinism, uh, (laughs) I mean, that's like saying, oh, you believe Jesus uh, Jesus is the way to heaven. Congratulations, you're a Calvinist. Like, well, no. I mean, I could say you're an Arminian or some other thing if you believe Jesus is the way to God, Um, you know, the way to heaven. Uh, Anyways, so (laughs) Nate is not a Calvinist. I may occasionally agree with some stuff a Calvinist says. Um, Anyway, so we we talk about that and how he's trying to force me into Calvinism. Um, Anyway, then we talk about universalism. What do we think about universalism? Listen and find out. Then we talk about annihilationism in hell. Is hell literal? Is it forever? What is it like? Is it metaphorical? Um, spoiler: literal, forever, hot. Don't go there. Uh, then we talk about sola scriptura. Uh, should one believe the Bible only? And the different, uh, you know, differences of, of sola scriptura. Um, I believe sola scriptura. Read the Bible. There you go. Others will interpret, so, uh, you know, sola scriptura as well. The Bible, but all this extra stuff that tells you how to read the Bible. I don't I don't think that. I think we need God and God alone will lead us into truth and understanding. If we end up in like cult territory Um, then I think more than someone just innocently reading the Bible and being like, oh, now I'm a heretic. Look at all this ungodly stuff, I believe. It's because they have they want to justify their sin. They have an agenda. They want to twist scripture to do that. Um, I think that is much more likely than someone innocently reading the scripture with the purest of intentions and being horribly led astray by it because they don't know how to read a book. It's usually because someone's like, oh, I'm a dude who likes dudes. I want to be a pastor. How can I do this? And it's like, ooh, okay, well, I'm going to do some biblical gymnastics and And make that okay. They didn't innocently get led to that conclusion. They had something they were doing that they didn't want to give up. And they twisted the Bible to justify that. That is much more likely uh, than, well, I read the Bible and it says, you know, homosexuality is a sin. So uh, I'm just going to be a gay pastor now. (laughs) They're like, well, it's actually not a sin because I I don't even know how they justify it. I I guess something about love. Um, Or they get the Queen James Bible. Um, Google that one. Don't read it. (laughs) Just, well, I mean, I guess you can read it. It just takes all the stuff about homosexuality and LGBTQIA plus community. Peace be upon them. So it just omits all of that stuff. Um, Anyway, so maybe maybe that's the answer. Maybe I just answered my own question. Anyway, uh, you know, love as far as, you know, we shouldn't hate people, um, even if they're, you know— uh, dastardly heretics, uh, we should still love them with the love that God loves has for humanity. Um, we shouldn't yell and scream and stuff like that at them. We should warn them with the love of Christ. Hey, these are sins. This is what the Bible says about these sins. One sin is not, uh, you know, it's all sin. If you do one one little bitty sin or, you know, a thousand big sins, sin is sin. Doesn't mean telling a white lie is the same as eating people's faces, but uh, they are both still sins. So they're the same in falling short of God's standard. Even though one may fall way, way, way shorter of God's standard than a little white lie, um, they will both put you in the same eternal separation from God. So, um, being unrepentant about it. Let's see. Uh, what else? Uh, my dog's not sitting on my lap eating my microphone today, so uh, that's good. You get to hear my, my voice all crystal clear. Um, check out the Ask a Christian book. The link is in the description uh, to Amazon. You can buy that. Or if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can read it for free. And uh, that gives more insight into what we do and why we do it and why I we constantly abuse ourselves with people and fighting against God. Um, and sharing our faith and the hope we have and why we have it. You can check out the Ask a Christian store and get some merchandise, some t-shirts, coffee mugs, whatever. That will uh, facilitate conversations about the hope you have and why you have it. Uh pst- it's Jesus. Um, anyways, and the reasons behind that. And you can just support this podcast by donating. Uh, our PayPal link is in the podcast description. So uh, help an internet podcast out and help us continue to talk about God with people who don't really like God <laughs> um, or lack a belief in God or gods. Until next time, friends, take care.
1: Switch pictures up a little bit to, to make it a little... Like people were complaining about the old picture and they said well, I needed a new one so I switched it up a bit the uh I' just like to, to call out a thank you for i feel honored to join your house it's good for you to be consorting with us in equitable dinner thieves type so uh thank you very much I will continue to be play my part as the uh token atheist so-
0: well you'll have may have to have a Token atheist death death match with uh, Michael, which uh, all the Christians will get popcorn to watch.
1: Well, oh, that'd but, be fine. Um... We, we, we can be we can be <laughs> a pair of token atheists.
0: <laughs> um, I was gonna say something. Oh yes, I, I noticed you're not a member of the Ask a Christian House. Well, I am. I joined. I, I can't... <clears throat> oh, just now did, when I sent you the invite.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did join. It just hasn't updated a little picture yet. No, I immediately accepted. so Thank you. That's I what I was saying. I,
0: yeah, I still don't understand these things. Like, I'm pretty sure there, there could be, like, an atheist takeover. Like, I don't understand houses. People say, be selective who you invite. But if my goal is to invite, you know, as many people as I can, because I want to talk to as many people as I can, uh, well, I mean, I guess I want more people to join. Except when I'm not there, I guess there's no way to disable the lounge so just anyone can show up. So I guess under the Ask a Christian house, you could have anyone. You could have, you know, like, atheist propaganda <laughs> or something. Um, and if there's no Christians in that house at that moment, Someone else can wander around because it's a public house um, and be like, oh, let's ask these Christians. And it's a bunch of you. <laughs> so I, I, will, I don't love I, the idea of houses. And now you're going to like co up to the whole lounge now that no, I told you. That. Well,
1: I will not. No, no, I will not. I, um, I will be very respectful, as I hopefully have demonstrated on stage. I I, I am not here to prophetize the horrible name of atheism.
2: Well, our, our rap scuttle, your role is if there's no Christian in the
0: room, you have to play the Christian.
1: That works. I'll be a Trinitarian Christian. Yes, I will. I will easily play that role.
0: Well, I think there were a lot of like Unitarians the other day. Like someone sent me a screenshot. They're like, what's, what's going on, Nate? And I looked and there was like Unitarians. I'm like, I can't even deal with this right now. I just like saw the screenshot. I'm like, there's nothing I could do. Like short of like going in and like blocking everyone, which I don't want to do because I want to talk to people. I don't want them like banned. But on the other hand, apparently there's no way to like, you know, prevent just randos from like, you know, joining, joining the house. And, you know, being like God is one. There is no Jesus is just a dude. Jesus is whatever. You know, I was thinking, Chris, uh, about the whole Jesus is God thing. Like, you know, the Revelation 21:7. That seems just to be kind of an uncommon one that, like, you know, all, all the Muslims are ready to ready for the I am statement. And be like, no, no, he says he's I am. Like, no, no, he's halting the conversation. But, like, no, no, I am going to buy bread. Like, wow, that's ridiculous. Um, so it's like they're ready for that. A little more and less common is the Revelation 21:7, but. I thought, you know, mate, I mean, why, why be like, yeah, I guess you're a goat. Sorry, bro. Uh, um, is that a sheep or a goat? Cause it's like, you know, the whole, like my sheep hear <laughs> my voice. I'm like, I'm like, look, maybe that, maybe that's the step of faith. People were talking about, like, you know, Jesus walks up to the line. Um, you know, if you want to be as uncharitable as possible and can't immediately see that Jesus is like, yes, I will be your God. But assuming that's, that's too ambiguous and you want to say Jesus, you know, walks up to the line, but never actually declares he's God, which he does. But for the the, the cynical and skeptics among you know the non-Christian people, um, it's like, well, he never actually says he's God. Well, I mean, even if we're playing on that playing field, which is a, a stupid playing field, but if we're playing on that playing field, well, Jesus walks you up to the line just like the parables, where he says some people are supposed to get these parables, other people aren't. So it's like, if Jesus walks up there, tell us, are you God? And he's like, oh, it is how you say it is like clearly uh, that's a just an example. That's not in the Bible, but stuff like that. It's like, clearly he's saying he's God without saying, I am God. I am God. Um, So it's like, maybe that's where the sheep are supposed to take that faith and be like, I see this. It's so clear. This makes perfect sense that I hear my shepherd's voice, just like he says we will, Uh, you know, he's the shepherd, sheep hear his voice. So maybe I'm a sheep. Maybe I hear his voice. That's why it's so easy to see this obvious conclusion that he's saying, I am God. Um, and if you don't see that, if you're like, no, no, I have to have him say, you know, he is God in perfect English or perfect Arabic four times, five times, six times. And if he doesn't do that, see, he's not God. Ah, well, I mean, I guess instead of trying to prove he's God to you, I guess you're just a goat, bro.
3: I, for one, enjoy our new Nate Calvinist overlord.
4: No, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, who's the over? Wait, wait, wait.
1: I will, will be, be done. done? I mean, the overlord
0: part I could get behind the Calvinist thing. <laughs> <laughs> like Chris, as as much as I try to like make peace with your people and do the compatibilism thing, then you're like, no, he's a Calvinist now.
3: You've <laughs> the, crossed the over. Is... We have cookies. I will send them in the mail. To you.
0: You know how I know Calvinism is a cult? I'm just talking about Muslims. who are like, no, now you're a Calvinist. <laughs> hey.
3: So I got a question like this
1: came up yesterday this this is a question would it be a problem is universalism an actual problem like if you say everyone goes to heaven what if Jesus actually taught look I'm not stuttering I died I cleaned everybody of their sins penal atonement I've taken over everything everyone's in heaven that's the point be nice to everybody because everyone's going to be in the best place would there be anything wrong with it well if he said that
0: then, I mean, if that was in, in the Bible, like if Jesus said that, then I guess that's the way it is and everyone goes to heaven. I mean, the only problem with that is, you know, if everything you said was true, well, then sure, we would have a bunch of universalist Christians. I'd be one. Um, the only problem is, you know, the Bible doesn't say that. And it says quite the contrary. So in, in, in your scenario, th- that's fine. Um, in the real world, though, th- that's just, you know, not what he said or taught. Um, so, so scripture is, is the problem.
1: So I'm wondering, is it actually a problem? Because could you, like, misverb tense the words? So he says, everyone gets to the Father through me. You can only get to the Father through me. That doesn't mean that everyone doesn't get there. It means that you're going to go through Jesus. Everyone that doesn't accept Jesus is going to burn in a lake of fire. That would also mean that everyone could just accept Jesus after they're dead, going through Jesus and going to the Father. So there's actually, it doesn't seem like it's wrong to make that statement. Like, it's just saying, yes, if you didn't, but it's, don't worry, it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, if you take that scripture, and then you'd have
0: to do that with, you know, everywhere else in the Bible, it would present a problem for that idea. But for just that one, you know, like people have made the case, like about as far as someone could walk through that line and, and sort of be theologically sound um, would be to say, well, this is how, like, you know, the, the Papua New Guinea and people in the tribes in the outback have never heard the name of jesus but they you know worship the creator god with their heart and you know just like in the, in the days of, of noah before the law and before the messiah you know they had faith in the god they did know the god that created the trees and all this other stuff so they threw away their totem poles they threw away their rocks and they didn't worship the creation they worshiped the one who made those rocks um and i.e faith in the god of the bible so even though they never knew the name of jesus jesus is the only way to the father so when they die because they had faith in the God that they knew as much light as they had as much, you know, that they knew they didn't create stuff that someone else did. That's the God of the Bible. They were worshiping. Then Jesus meets them. He's like, Oh, by the way, that God you're worshiping. Um, yeah, that's me. And here you have to pass by me to get into heaven. Like that's, that's about as, as far as someone could go. And I think plenty of people would still disagree, but I mean, if you really want to stretch it, that's about as close, as far as you could go to make that case. Um, and that's, that's still
1: wrong. (laughs) would it be like let's say i'm just trying to like figure something out here so if someone came up to you with a foolproof biblical hermeneutic exegesis, exegesis what have you that said you're reading it wrong what you should read it as is the universalist way because here is the proof that it says it and you read it and you say wow that's a very good case would it be problematic to your like idea of justice mercy and all of those things if that were the case that everyone gets to go to heaven it's like totally fine no matter the worst possible heinous murderer will be in heaven with the most highest person that's ever lived everyone's going to end up in the same place would that offend you like would that bother you kind of like like in your kind of essence your soul
5: if.
0: Oh, I'm, I hate to do this. Uh, does anyone else want to respond? I was actually trying to answer a text from my wife, and I did not oh, catch all sorry. of it. No problem. Uh, Apparently I can't multitask well.
2: I, I think the only people it would be an issue for is the ones I call uh, Calvinist squared, which I don't include Chris in this group, but it's the people who on here are like so into Calvinism, it seems like they enjoy the idea that atheists are going to hell. Yeah, that's.
6: A,
1: I think that like the Johnny Haas
3: I mean, I don't know if Johnny enjoys the idea of atheists going to hell, I think.
1: Oh, he said explicitly you know. he does. He's, he's actually oh. called it out that he celebrates that. Yes, he, he's overjoyed and celebrates the fact that people that he knew and was friends with in life are now burning in hell in eternal suffering and that he's overjoyed by that. So he's explicitly.
3: Mm. Even God's not overjoyed by that. So that's a little odd. He literally says he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. So he does. I mean, yeah, I'd probably vehemently disagree with that point, you know, um, so. But yeah, I mean, to answer your question, would it would it, you know, change my idea? Of, I mean, it would change the it would change the very character and nature of God as taught through the scriptures. Right. So like if, if somebody were to come to me and be like, look, we've had this whole, you know, exegesis completely wrong for 2000 years here's how it actually is first of all lots of people do that that's why they call them cults right so restorationism that was like a whole thing in the in the 1800s you know all the churches are corrupt no one's right here's this new thing we're we're reading it this way so that's been a whole thing through church history that people have done um would i do it i would hope not um but you never know
2: And so so Chris how do you interpret the second judgment in Revelation does that provide an opportunity for those who are in hell at that time to come around and accept Jesus
3: Not as far as I just happened to read that this morning so no not as far as I read it I mean you know I think it's fairly clear in terms of what God means by regeneration and how that works um you know, that there are, you know, it says in Hebrews, there's appointed unto man once to die, and then comes the judgment, you know, doesn't seem like it's appointed unto man once to die, and then he gets another shot at it, that's Hebrews 9.27, if anybody's curious. And
2: related to that one, it talks about annihilation at the end of Revelation. Um, Do you interpret that as like those in hell just don't exist anymore or hell does continue on?
3: You know, I think that's a far more interesting question, right? So there are Christians who believe in what's called annihilationism. That at the Second Judgment... (laughs) <laughs> no, but like, uh, you know, he's come out now. Brian Dempsey is an annihilationist. So, you know, I would consider Brian Dempsey a good brother. I think he's mistaken. I think his exegesis sucks, but you know, that's an argument that he and I are going to have to have, but, um, Ooh, have it, you know, no, that'll be fun. Oh no, that's going to, you know, that's going to be like a four hour slog fest, right? I'll just
0: hit record and walk away.
3: Yeah, exactly. So anyway, and I'm not fully qualified to have that discussion with him because he's just read 17 books about it. And I have read exactly zero about it. You've so, read the Bible.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. I've re- I guess I've read one. Yeah. So
0: I mean, as Ken Ham would say, I have a book. Hem,
3: yeah. There's don't a know book if that about Helps or
0: hinders that. your case.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were just talking like, um, Rabbi Uri and I were just talking today about, um, you know, different sacred texts and stuff. And, uh, you know, different meanings and you know and and i think that uh, the more charitable thing we came up with was not that the new testament is anti-pharisee it is that the new testament is dealing with the same facts on the ground um as the rest of history it's simply um interpreting the facts on the ground in a different method in a a different different
7: way
1: a different spin. yeah a different
3: a different spin and so that's that's what he that's what he and i came to today is that it's not that the history of the New Testament in terms of the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees and all that stuff is inaccurate. It's simply, depending on your ideology, is is not the spin that modern rabbinic Jews would
4: take. Well, uh, some, if I, I could chime Hey, Nate. Go ahead, Ed. Yeah, oh, if I could chime in. I'd, in regard to... Uh, Hades and death being cast into the lake of fire, I, I don't think we are to understand the lake of fire as annihilating anything because, for example, before the messianic reign of Christ, the, um, the beast and the false prophet are cast into um, the lake of fire. Then we see that they're still there after a thousand years. They're still there because the, the text indicates uh, when the um, – all those that were not written in – whose names were not written in the Lamb's Book of Life – They're cast into the lake of fire, and it says where the beast and the false prophet are. So after a thousand years of being burned and tormented in the lake of fire, they're still there. So – and we also read about the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. They're always being tormented for all of eternity. So – the idea of annihilationism is, is, is not biblical. And there's But well, well, we're talking that about biblical. after
2: that, though. But we're talking about after that, though.
0: So after that. You know, well, uh, after that, I'm going to bow out because I'm not in of the conversation. But I mean, after that, it's like, you know, when people want to like narrow things down, it, it's like un- unrealistic. Like, you know, when they talk about how much suffering did Christ have on the cross? Uh, does it matter, psycho? Or, you know, like how, how hot is hell? What's the degree of hell? Uh, you know, anything over like 75 is too much. So, uh, you know, how long is hell? Is it a thousand years? Is it a billion? Years? Dude, one one second is too much. So, so who cares, right? So, I mean, I guess it's interesting for what you're going to talk about, CEO and Edwin, about the length of hell, like if it ever ends. But I mean, you know, from my you know cautious perspective over here, I'm like, bro, one second is too much. Uh, stay out. <laughs> Go ahead, CEO. Um, well, no, I mean, I just it, it, I think
2: it provides a different level of context if after the thousand years um, that then, you know, uh, uh, in, in the final judgment that that's it. Bo- those people have been annihilated versus hell continuing on. So I agree with you, Nate. It's not like a salvation related question, but I think it is an interesting question from the perspective of of, of understanding what occurs and I, I think that could add some contextual richness to, to understanding god's perspective
0: well i mean i didn't even mean it as a non-salvation question i mean it as a you know at some point who cares like if, like I, I see someone trying to make peace like well if i don't follow your god and your god is actually right now go to hell then you know will it end will it be eternally tormented that could suck or you know what if it ends after a thousand years like oh my gosh, really? Like. <laughs> that's not the right mindset to think about hell and i'm thinking okay uh, it's like you know if you want to if you want to be a coal walker and like walk across coal it's like you know i don't care how hot it can get and i can i can still deal with it and like get blisters or whatever my feet it's like one second is too much
4: (laughs) well just to reiterate i mean for example in revelation 14 speaking about the lake of fire it talks about and he those that take of the mark of the beast and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb and the smoke of their torment and ins- ascends up forever and ever and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and everybody in hell see what ha- hell is a place where the soul is tormented like a fire is a place where the body and soul of the damned are to- tormented forever and ever hell is just for the soul after uh, the messianic grain after the judgment seat of christ that hell gives up its dead, and the souls were given some kind of um, bodies. These are of the damned. Their souls are being given some kind of bodies, and then they stand before God, and they're cast into hell, body and soul, and tormented in the lake of fire. There's no indication that. I mean, after that, yeah, after eternity, they'll be done. After eternity's over, yeah, then they'll torment will end. So, and when is that going to end? It's not. It, just, it says it forever and ever. Why would the Bible say this? It, it's eternal. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking up a verse. Again. <clears throat> yeah, go ahead. I mean, what, what do you think about Revelation 14? And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of his holy angels, and the smoke of their torment ascends up forever and ever. What, what would God have to say in the Bible to indicate that the torment goes on forever and ever? What would he have to say? How would he express it that would, it, that would convince you?
3: I mean, I'm pretty convinced.
0: I also am convinced.
3: I mean, you know, the thing about Annihilation is not that, you know, there's not eternal conscious torment. It's that the soul, you know, the the damned at the Great White Throne would just be zapped out of existence. I just don't see anywhere in the text that says that. And so I'm going to have to... Dempsey sent me a few books. I'm going to have to to read up on it a bit. I mean, there are famous Christian theologians who held this view. Um, John Stott, for one of them, who's a more modern theologian, um, you know. So, and there were some ancient church fathers that held this view as well. Um, I, I've just never put that much thought into it, to be honest with you.
0: I mean, at first thought, it just kind of makes me. Um... Well, I mean, again, naturally, I'm you know uh, err on the side of caution. So I'm, I'm naturally just kind of like see things in the worst possible. It's like kind of the opposite of like hope for the best, plan for the worst. Uh, or maybe it is that. But yeah, it's kind of like that. It's like look, whatever can be bad, just for for practical application, consider it the worst and avoid it, or consider it the best and strive toward it. Uh, maybe that's just a philosophical bent. But that is kind of how I am. But whenever it comes to it comes to annihilationism, like because I mean, you know, if the Bible, if if someone could read the Bible like most of us. And it's just like, Oh, clearly it's ambiguous or, you know, clearly it, it, you know, it's very easy to read annihilationism into it. i would be like, okay, that's fair. Uh, Maybe I would even agree, but it's not. Like, I feel like you really have to, maybe not to the baptized and crying tears for salvation level, but you really have to make some leaps uh, to get there because in light of of what Evren said, um, you really have to make some, some leaps to get around that. Um, And hang on, you just distracted me. What was I actually going to say? Um, oh, it reminds me of kind of like theistic evolutionist. Like, it's an easy way to avoid tough conversations. I don't want to say, like, Dempsey is, is going that route, but, like, at first thought, when I hear someone talk about annihilationism, that's like, well, they may as well say they're a theistic evolutionist, and then they can avoid all the tough conversations about evolution. Or, you know, if you're an annihilationist, an annihilationist well, now you can avoid all the tough conversations about hell. So it's like, what's the relation to how easy it is to get out of sticky conversations? Versus you truly and sincerely believe that is the most accurate representation of your belief.
2: Well, well here, here's a verse we're talking about. So Revelation 2014, then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is a second death. So what what is the interpretation of that? And when we're talking about Hades, what are, what are we talking about there?
4: Death is the inha- all the inhabitants of hell, that is all their souls, okay? Um, all those people who are already damned, right? So before the messianic grain of Christ, there's people right now in hell, or right, in their soul existence. After the, after the uh, resurrection, those, those souls will be raised from hell and reunited, they'll be given...
2: Well, well, this is where it seems circular, right? So when we say death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire, that seems unnecessarily redundant, if it's to your point. So it seems like the lake of fire must be something different than hell, as it is. we
4: think of well The lake of fire is to torment the body, not just the soul. Hell is just to torment the soul. The lake of fire is to torment the body and soul.
0: Well, I mean, Matthew 25:46, right, where Jesus says that the wicked will go away into what? Eternal punishment, but the righteous will inherit sort of kind of life, eternal life. So, I mean, if you think the righteous are going to get eternal life and you use this scripture at all to base it on that, then the same verse says eternal punishment. So how could Christians like our Christian, uh, Christian annihilationists, like you're cool with God, God saves you and reconciles you. And then he's like, all right, your time's done. Peace, poof. So, I mean, if you think, like, you know, Jesus is to the wicked, go away into eternal punishment. No, no, that doesn't mean eternal. That has an end date. But to the righteous, go into eternal life. But apparently that exact uh, counter has no end date. So, I mean, eternal punishment, eternal life, like, it's a... Uh, all right, so
2: you're so I just want to make sure I was right. So you're saying that that there's no more physical death as we think about it. Instead, your body, your physical body is being tormented the entire time. You're saying that's the differentiation point there. Is that accurate?
4: Yeah. My 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 understanding is the lake of fire gets to torment both body and soul. For for example, just to to further uh, emphasize this point, in Revelation twenty ten, we read about the fate of the devil. Now this is After the messianic reign, after the millennium, after the great white throne judgment, um, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. Now, they have been cast into that lake of fire before the thousand-year reign. So they've been tormented for a thousand years. Now it's the devil's turn to be tormented. Now, are we to think that, well, the devil's just going to get annihilated? He's the most wicked being that's ever lived, and he's just going to get poofed annihilated out of existence, That's that would be very unjust of God to do that. Very unjust. He should be tormented far more than the, everybody else. So from the idea that like a fire is just going to annihilate everybody that was in hell and the beast and the fall of poverty... Makes no sense because that would follow that the devil would then just be annihilated out of existence. Did you believe that? That he's just going to get annihilated? He's going to be burned up? With no, well, they,
2: well, there's a difference. So there's a difference in these two verses, right? So but one you're referencing with the Bible, and maybe you have a different interpret, a different um, a tr- a translation, but what I'm reading says, the, the regarding the devil thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Okay. So that is like super clear to your point, right? It makes the point nails at home, super level of clarity. Whereas 14 says thrown into the lake of fire, the lake of fire is a second death and it doesn't go into, you know, tormented day and night. Right. So, You could be absolutely correct. I'm asking for clarity in your interpretation on it because, like, it could be said differently than it is, right? The point could be further made. It's not. And I don't know if burning sulfur and lake of fire are different Hebrew words or not, or if they just changed that not to say the same thing twice. So I think those are all questions worth examining.
3: Sure, but I mean... The scripture also does give more detail later on in a lot of places, right? So we'll see something presented, you know, so in this case, it's the lake of fire, which is the second death. And then later on in 20, you get a further description of what goes on in the lake of fire, the second death. So it's not as if there's two conflicting descriptions. it's the, It's that you're getting more detail later on. Right. I don't, I
2: don't, I don't see the additional detail later on that you're referencing in twenty for regarding.
3: Well, it says the smoke of their torment will go up forever and ever, and it doesn't say the right, smoke right. of their that's, torment that's, will
2: go that's up. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's yeah. regarding the devil, correct? That's the, the, the yeah, that's regarding the devil.
3: Well, no, it, in twenty, all kinds of folk are thrown in the lake of fire, like everyone right, who is not true, written in the Lamb's distinct? book of life.
2: But there's two distinct sections to this. So there is verse 10, right? Which is dealing with the, the devil. And then there is verse 14, which is, and 15, which is dealing with people. So
8: yeah.
2: it doesn't, it, it, it's not, it, it, they're, they're differentiated. We're not flown together.
0: We're not, but CEO, not exactly together. Well, I mean, what do you do with the Matthew twenty five forty six? Like, you know, you, you, maybe I jumped in in between you and Edwin, but you conveniently just ignored the entire verse. So what do you do with that? Like to the wicked, eternal punishment. What, what do you say to that? Eternal does it mean eternal. No, no, no. I'm, I'm I'm, with you. I
2: understand. I'm just trying to to understand it within Revelation and the why behind the writing. So I get you. It's a it's a great point. I'm, I'm just trying to understand it within the context of Revelation.
0: Well, that's like the context of the totality of Scripture, though. Like that's like if you just read John. 17 it'll be like oh to those who believe they're not condemned it's like oh so all you got to do is believe in jesus and you're not condemned wonderful
5: no 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 i get, get know,
2: it but, well, but, ah,
0: yeah hey, that's that, 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 hey, i yeah, i'm they, just gonna do they, this when you interrupt me uh, but <laughs> when you read the rest of the scripture that says you know it's not enough to believe the demons believe and they tremble so it's like just like your revelation conundrum like you got to reconcile that with the totality of scripture and now you'll say, I know I was doing that anyway. But I, I mean, it's the same the same point we talk about with other things too. It's like, you can't just take, like understand the context of that in Revelation, these verses. Well, understand the context of the whole scripture.
2: Well, I guess in in terms of my expectations, looking at things, so yes, verse of Matthew says what it says. I understand. Revelation is a time where where it's really being dug in and it's focused on the most. It's the highest level of intensity related to this conversation. So to me, I'm looking at that, you know, with a, with a more specific eye because it is the focus of these passages. So that's why. I'm weighing them a bit more because it's really trying to make a very specific point, and I'm trying to understand what that is and why there is a degree. Why are there degrees of differentiation between uh, verse ten and
0: verse fourteen? Well, maybe Pastor Sean has something. He was trying to unmute a minute ago.
5: Or you know, Sean, I was thinking those of us who those of us who are, are on the right side of eternity know that lake of fire will not be our prison hell is a holding set. The lake of uh, fire the lake of fire is the actual prison of eternal punishment and 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 it's maximum prison you ain't getting out <laughs> it's a it's a lifetime sentence but think about it it's the most horrific sentence you could ever have you are separated from God forever. No, eternal punishment is something that we, we take a look at and we say, okay, God is a God of grace, but he is also a God of judgment and holiness and righteousness. And the thing about it is, when we come about the idea of thinking that we and oh, forgive me. I did not, I did not greet the room. Forgive me, y'all. Uh, uh, God bless you all. Good morning. When we think about the the reality of eternal punishment, it should, it should set off something in our hearts and minds that would say, I won't go there. Totally separated from God. We think about the eternal punishment of those who do not believe. Because the Bible declares that judgment starts in the house of God. And if it starts with us, what would it, what does that say to those who do not believe? Period. Then you think about the final, finality of eternal judgment. And then you think about the finality of eternal paradise always in the presence of God versus never in the presence of God you grace is over you got to think about those put those mindsets together and think what do I want to do am I going do I want to be without God for eternity? That means forever, ever, forever, ever, forever, ever. Or do we want to put the mindset is, I'm going to put my faith in the finished work of the cross, of Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ's finished work on the cross, his, his burial and resurrection, and continue to hold on to my faith. The Bible says those who persevere to the end, the same shall be saved. So when it's all said and done, these are the words I don't know about you that I want to hear. Well done, that good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I make you ruler over many.
9: Enter well, into the, the
5: joy of your Lord. Praise God.
0: Um, Daniel, do you want to get in on this? Or Chris, do you have anything to say that has not been said?
2: I just have one final point on the topic and then I'll shut up. Um, So my understanding is that the word that's translated to eternal is uh, aion, A-I-O-N, I-O-N, and that this word typically refers to an age or an eon or a specific period of time. Right. We've
3: we've had this discussion with Antonis, who's a native Greek speaker, and he says all of that is made up. That it's completely false okay that none of it means anything and that anyone making that argument clearly knows nothing about greek and is making things up like that's that's exactly what he said he put the whole argument to rest i know that oliver is big um oliver richardson is big on this point and antonus just nuked him from outer space because he just read the entire greek passage and was like and he had never read it before and he's like it means forever this is literally our word for forever it's not an age
4: Oh, Chris, just to chime in in connection to that, that same word that, that's when it says that uh, smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, eon, it's that same word is used to describe the eternity of God, that he shall reign forever and ever. It's the same word. And it's also, so do, are we to say that there's a limit to God's reign that at some point it's going to come to an end? No, definitely
2: not. I mean, so so one of the things that happens with
4: translation is that... You said you had one more so,
0: point.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Okay sorry well I'll, I, prom- <laughs> I, I promise I'll- <coughs> one of the things that happens with translation with a word like this is is sometimes it's the closest you can get to a term right and so sometimes it's getting stretched one way and then in other times it's not supposed to be stretched to the same way so that happens sometimes when you're just translating things this is why people in foreign countries often, struggle with english because of like how we stretch words so many different ways and the words aren't always meant to be stretched that way so that is what occurs sometimes with translation that's totally stretching
0: we would be stretching greek not english and greek is not as easily stretchable like at all as english Right?
3: greek is very specific and native greek speakers say that this is specifically their words only for eternity like they don't use it in any other sense
0: uh, well, ever. Mr. Shadow. The Shadow. The Shadow. What's up? Her? Are you speaking, Mr. Daily Shadow?
9: Hey, what's going Her? on? Just, uh, getting in here. I was, I was seeing what the conversation was about.
0: Whatever you want it to be. We're looking for a new topic. <laughs> I have thoughts. Who has thoughts?
3: Think, Michael.
0: Oh, sure. Well, Daley, did you have a question or anything first, or no? You can you can get us started. What's your thought, Michael? Tell me all your thoughts. on God So, God. so first of
10: all, I can't wait to hear the fallout over your over your PTR. I think it's hysterical. Um, <laughs> and I, I, yeah, issues around eschatology are some of my favorite conversations to listen to other Christians talk about. Um, I just sit here with my bag of popcorn. Um, and it's interesting. So a couple of other people who had a different take on it uh, are a couple of guys named uh, Charles Taz Russell and James Rutherford. They founded this little thing called the Watchtower uh, Bible and Tract <laughs> Society, otherwise known as the Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, and uh, it's, it's funny because they, they, what what they do, here's how they reconcile it. What they say is uh, they reference the, I forget the verse now, where there's a Bible talking about Gehenna. And that's what they use to rationalize. So, oh, so basically they're not really talking about a lake of fire. What Gehenna is, is just the place where your body goes, because that's what they used to do with bodies before there were burial places. They just chucked them in the fire pits outside and they use, and they used you know, brimstone and stuff like that to keep them burning. So that's how they reconcile that. And then when, when I asked them years and years and years ago, when I was doing a Bible study with them about, well, what is, what about where the Bible talks about eternal, like, you know, like you know, t- forever. And how they reconcile that is, well, so because Jehovah's witnesses are, are, annihil- are annihilationists as well. And so what they say is it, it is, it is forever torment. The The punishment is you're, you're separated from God forever and you're gone. So that's the punishment. You, it's not conscious. Cause of course uh, the Bible also says the dead are conscious of nothing. Um, but it's just it, that's the punishment. That's how they reconcile it, and it's it, it's a it's a lovely bit of gymnastics that they do. It's it's really funny, um, but uh,
0: yeah. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Michael. Hey, Michael. Uh, so, yeah, so daily, anything now about that or anything else? Wonderful, wonderful. Anyone else still in there? Questions, comment? What's going on in chat? Edwin, what's up?
4: Uh, I just, just wanted to cite the, the text that I was alluding to. Actually, it's worded a little differently. Uh, Revelation 15:7. And one of the four beasts gave on, unto the seven angels seven golden vials, full of the wrath of God, who lives forever and ever. The word ever there is beyond. Beyond any it's just an expression to refer to eternity in the uh, Bible.
0: All right. Well, I guess let the whole conversation continue. All right, CEO. What else you got? This is the topic of the day, I guess.
2: Uh, well, uh, since opening,
0: um, I asked ChatGPT. Except now you're roboting. You're roboting.
2: Always eternal.
0: Nope. This no. is, uh, nope, CEO. This is this is God telling you that um he's done with this topic too. You're roboting really bad. Um, let us know if or, you have a better signal. I heard you say Chat GPT says hell isn't forever, but I just asked it and it says it is. So clearly, it's uh, pitting Christians against each against each other.
2: <laughs> okay, how is this now?
0: <clears throat> uh, I heard that.
2: Okay, great. All right, so yeah, I did ask Chat GPT about the, the term "anion" and always translate to eternal, and it said it doesn't. It said the same thing about based on how it's being used the context can change. So sometimes it can mean eternal everlasting. Sometimes it can pertain to an age or be age long. And it just depends on which the context it's used. So as I said, it is a word that is stretches. I mean, the root, because yeah, the root CEO, of the word.
3: CEO, again, the root in of the word this particular context, but, That's a lie. Right,
2: I'm right. just
3: saying in this particular context, that is not true.
2: Okay, that, that could be fine admit it because the root of a word is a i o n which is age or error that's the original root of the word
3: sure but root words in greek are meaningless they okay. are meaningless okay you have to understand the greek language to know this i don't know greek antonus knows greek he without any dog in the fight assured us that this word could be translated as nothing other than eternal and there is no English translations that are reputable that translate it as anything other than eternal. And it uses the same exact word for eternal life. And so if we're going to accept that this is just a time and then it's okay, then you have to accept that you also get annihilated from quote eternal life. That's the problem with the argument. But I don't
0: think that's
2: it's true. almost like Matthew twenty five saying... all over again. That it can be, it can have different contextual meanings. So, the only t- point of only issue,
11: t-
0: okay, you're roboting again. Hey, by the way, uh, shut up, Google. Someone. I'm not talking to you, uh, CEO, you're roboting again. Uh, by the way, they're coming out with a uh, truth GPT. Apparently, I think Elon Musk said he has a hand in it, and um, apparently, it's supposed to be a unbiased attempt to AI, um, with you know, I guess citing sources or something like that so it's so it's not like at the whims of its programmers waiting the deck. Uh so fun fact, just to let you guys know. It doesn't doesn't seem nearly as good yet. I guess it just started but uh you know it shouldn't take long to catch up. All right, Michael, any other thoughts? This room lives or dies with you buddy. So there
10: was an interesting so yesterday afternoon um, when you were talking to, um, e-bike about behavior and stuff like that. Um, I was just about to chime in with something and then I got a phone call and then I had to go and couldn't come back, which was terrible. But, um, so I just wanted to kind of go back uh, on that for a second. Cause there was a lot of, a lot of chatter. Do, does anybody remember the conversation? Nate, do you remember? Oh, it? I
0: do. I okay.
10: Do. So, um, the, my kind of two cents that I wanted to throw in, and I guess this will just be here for anybody maybe Ebike will come back and listen to it another time who knows um is w- when it comes to um you know like responding to people and things like that what i was going to say yesterday was uh, two things first is we're we're power we're completely powerless to control what people say to us right so i could go off on a tirade right now and it would take you know nate it would take you a you know a few seconds ago, uh, ah, what's wrong with Michael? Mute me and kick me or something like that. But I could go off on some crazy tirade and there'd be nothing you could do about it. I could say whatever I wanted. Um, so we're powerless in that way. But where where we retain all the power is how we react to something, right? So, and, and I this is something that I use every day because there are people who kind of go up one side of me and down the other when I'm trying to talk to them about stuff. And, and there's nothing I can do about it, right? so that that's one thing and the second thing is I think I think this is something that should be important uh, especially to uh, to Christians is how it kind of speaks to uh, in, how you're dealing with people should 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 be linked I think to your integrity and integrity is a funny thing because no one can take that from you you have to give it away and so I, I think when you're when you're talking to people and interacting with people, I think that that's something should be that should be at least forefront in your thoughts.
0: I completely agree. Um, not just for Christians, but you know everyone that wants to espouse that you know integrity is their goal. So yeah, I, I agree. And I guess everyone does because no one's challenging you.
2: Yeah, I, I agree as well. I mean, I, I like e-bike, but like sometimes he is clearly responding out of his flesh. So I I I don't think we can ever rule. All
0: right, I'm just gonna invite some random people up. Or what about chat? Is anything going on over there, Steph?
3: My tile job is getting done. It's looking real good.
10: What kind of tiles did you go with? Did you go with like a like a subway kind of tile, or what was the side?
3: This is flooring tile, so they're huge. Oh, flooring, never mind. You know, they're 18 by 36 tiles, and really big. Oh, so, you need like, and, so you
10: need like four. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's like 300 square feet, but yeah, it's like, it was, I was shocked at how few boxes there were. I was like, oh, I guess that's 300 square feet of it. But, um, you should have
0: got subway tile for your floor, that'd be fun.
3: That would be fun. It'd be hard to clean. Um, But yeah, so what I was not expecting, and this may be interesting for you guys to talk about, was my son's reaction because we're going to paint right after the tile is done um, because we have all the dust covers and all that stuff up already. And, you know, we have to do some sanding before we can paint. And, you know, our kitchen and living room hasn't been painted in, well, since we moved in, like in 2003, 20 years ago. And so, um, oh no, it's 22 years ago. We did in 2001 anyway. So my son my 13 year old flipped out and started like bawling because <laughs> essentially we were taking away his childhood home. And this was like a very emotional thing for him. And it's still like a very sore subject around the house. And so he wants us to, he wants us to sand and paint it, but he wants us to paint it the exact same colors that he grew up with, which hmm. we picked 22 years ago and we want to change. And he is just beside himself about it. Well, my first
0: thought is, well, my quickest thought is just take a sample to Home Depot and be like, here, paint match this, do the best you can. Um, it'll be close enough. You probably won't notice um, I mean, maybe it'll be close enough where no one can notice because it's a good job. Um, on the other thought, when my parents remodeled my crappy little ancient den, I was like, yes, please. That's awesome. Thank you. Can I have a TV now too? <laughs> uh, anyway, those are my thoughts. Oh, someone actually, uh, write this down for the next topic. Someone says, can you tell me what Mark 4, 11 through 12 means?
10: Uh, oh, I said, if you I'd, guys I'd say just a... There yeah just to jump in quickly and talk about the paint one thing so uh, so Chris my, my daughter had a similar experience when she was young and we were doing some remodeling as well and so what we did was is we took uh, a piece of the door frame off uh, that was the old color um, and then uh, basically put that and this will sound weird but we, f- we we took a small piece of it and then framed that frame uh, as kind of like a memento and then you know she she had a piece of it. Right, so
3: you could maybe suggest something like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm grabbing a piece of the old tile. This is like, <laughs> this is like the worst tile ever. I mean, it was probably beautiful in 1952, but we had it taken up, and my kitchen and living room floor looked like downtown Kiev for like two days because basically <laughs> they had to take a jackhammer to concrete, and so then they had to refill it in with more concrete to make it able to be tiled on so it's just it's been a whole process we've been at it for a week so he wants a piece of the old tile so i just fished one out of the trash
0: okay yeah so mark uh 4 11 and 12 i love this there's there's another uh, this talks about it again in another gospel could someone help me find that because I, I like it it goes into more detail there so first of all what does mark 4 11 through 12 mean well, if you read the the same account uh, in the other gospel somewhere, unless this is just a translation I'm not familiar with, which it's ESV I think, so I, I am. But it explains this further. So, uh, backing up to the to the section, it says the purpose of the parables is when uh, he was alone, those around him asked about the parables, and he said to them, "To you it has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything um, is in parables." So, and this is to fulfill something in Isaiah. Isaiah 40 or something in Isaiah where he quotes us. And he says, so they may indeed see, but not perceive. And they may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn to be forgiven. And uh, the the way, the translation I'm familiar with says, like, you know, they have seeing, uh, yet they, like having eyes, they don't see and having ears, they don't hear. And he says, uh, don't you understand this parable? And he's quoting Isaiah. So I think this is also said in another gospel. And basically the disciples say, why do you talk in parables? Like, why don't you just speak plainly? which is what we actually started at the very beginning of this room today about um, was because, you know, Jesus says he's the good shepherd and his sheep hear his voice. So one, and he says, it's God's good pleasure to talk to people in in like parables and these riddles. So those who like have this soft heart and this bent toward God and they're seeking God and have an open heart, um, they're going to get the parables. They're going to know uh, what it means by them. And he says, this is God's good pleasure. So he doesn't explain the mind of God. He doesn't say why, this is the way God wants it. He just says, this is the will of God. And you know, it's like, so people will come as like little children. It doesn't mean like, you know, dumb blind faith people, but I mean, it means this like open, you know, amount of faith that's open. Like, I don't know, sincere seeking without like trying to rationalize and question every single thing. Like, but why, but why, but why, which I guess is kind of a bad characteristic of children. But anyway, I, I love that question and thank you for it. And I hope that helps. And if someone else can tell me, I, I think in another gospel, it's explained more how I am. Um, And I would say that would be the best answer to get context. But yeah, that's why. So instead of like people, when they say, show me where Jesus says he's God, you know, 40 times. I want to see where Jesus says the words, I am God. It's like, I always think of this, of this part of the parables because Jesus is like, look, my sheep know my voice. So when Jesus says, I am before Abraham was, I am, if you've seen me, you've seen the father, I and the father are one, his sheep, I guess, uh, hear that voice. And they know that Jesus is God. Uh, Jesus and the Father are one, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, like Jesus is God. Um, But those who need it spelled out and Jesus to say he's God, like as if he doesn't already and say, I am God in perfect, like, you know, whatever language they want it done in. um, Those people are not the sheep. They're clearly not hearing the shepherd's voice. And those are the ones that, for whatever reason, are supposed to miss the parable. Who would like to add to that,
4: Chris?
3: I just enjoy our new Calvinist overlord.
4: Oh, my gosh. Get out. <laughs> Who's the new Calvinist, uh, Chris? What, what am I missing he here? He tried to say I am. I've said the same thing always. Oh, welcome. But I, welcome. I guess now, welcome.
0: He's, now he's put on his, like, he's put on his Calvinist goggles and he's trying to, like, a- adopt me or kidnap me into Calvinism. Like, this is a perfectly non-reformed view, and I, I guess you've just talked to too many other people. Um, to realize it. So, you know, join our side, Chris. We're on the same side.
3: No, like, only Calvinists believe what you just said. Arminians Chris... would vehemently disagree with you, my friend. Me no, Chris hey,
4: what? been planning to get you to the light side for a long time. Steph, do you disagree side. with me?
0: <laughs> this has nothing to do with the elect, because if you say, okay, those are talking about the elect, and Steph and me would say, those are talking about the whoever hear his voice. Whoever hear his voice, you know, hear his voice, they freely choose God. And then I'd say, you know, there you go. They they freely chose God. They're a sheep, and you'd say they're the elect. That's why they're a sheep.
3: Yeah. There you go. They freely chose God. It's compatibilism, right? Whatever they sure. choose, it's also sovereignly by Calvinism God. Calvinism
0: doesn't have a handle on compatibilism.
3: Yes, it does. If you're compatibilist, that means you're Calvinist. That's the. And remember,
0: I, it. I conceded and I like that argument because it just gets past the whole debate. It like it ignores the ant hill. To get to the mountaintop. So that's why I like compatibilism, because it's like, okay, if we're if we're saying that compatibilism takes care of just all these issues, so we can kind of hand wave away the anthills and get to the mountaintop of the argument, then sweet compatibilism.
3: I know. That's the beauty of it, right? Oh well, my gosh. Welcome to Calvinism. All right,
0: unless unless Steph jumps up on stage right now and uh, and discourages me, then fine. You you can claim that Nate's a Calvinist, even though he's not. <laughs> Oh, probably. about baby
3: blues. Oh, well. My, my
0: fate is in the hands of Steph.
3: Steph, you've, you've lost one more from your fold. Oh, well. Because <laughs> his sheep know his voice.
0: What part of Tulip does Nate affirm? Um, I don't even know Tulip. That's how good of Calvinist I am. What, just, what just is the it? The total gravity, um, uh, unconditional election. Hang on. Yeah, let me see if I can get through this. Um, L. Um, okay total depravity, unconditional election, L, L, we're going to skip L for now. Um, irresistible grace and perseverance of the saints. Um, L, 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 give me, give me L- a limited. Giving it Limited? Uh, uh, limited atonement. But no, limited atonement is whosoever will. Whosoever will is available for the entire world. And out of the entire world, anyone that can call in the name of Jesus for forgiveness and believe death, burial, resurrection, you know, believe the gospel, then it's available for everyone but only those who freely choose are are the you know the atoned ones i guess you would say limited
3: you know elect well everyone except for the ones that the mystery of god has not been revealed to them ie mark 4:11 and 12 <laughs> <coughs>
0: I just think you give Arminians such a bad rep because the only way, like there has, it has to be more. It has to be more what I'm saying because otherwise, if whosoever, it, you basically have to accuse them of like universalism, even though you're not. You would say they fall more to universalism with the whosoever's than I do, which I believe is a more accurate, not Calvinist take. Uh, because otherwise, it's like well, then you have to scoot closer to universalism, and they're not going to do
3: that. So, so my argument is that. Limited atonement just means that not everybody goes to heaven, right? And so,
0: and Arminian um, would agree with that. Maybe right. not the the word, problem, but yeah.
3: Well, but the problem is, is that they're attempting to, you know, construct an idea that's not there in the, in the text, and that's prevenient grace—that that Christ has somehow um, extended this prevenient grace to everybody to allow people with libertarian free will to freely choose God outside of the. Uh, so that necessity, like, taking it to its logical conclusion, libertarian free will will lead to open theism. The thing is, is that most Arminians never take it to their logical conclusion because they stop thinking about it about three steps in. That's, I, that's, I, that's.
0: I heard everything you said, but you did chop out a little. I'm going to say it's because God is not happy with you, Chris.
3: That's true. That's pre- it is God's sovereign decree that I would have. I think Albedo <laughs> may have some 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 light to shed on uh, free will, uh, libertarian free will versus compatibilism.
0: Maybe. What's up, Albedo? Yo. How's it going? What's your really, mind today? I
12: really don't have anything yet. <laughs> I,
2: I will say, from my perspective, I think Chris has a bulletproof position
0: here. All right, the world Yo, of Can we world add Calvinists. you to the number
3: two? Or are we just making all these compatibilists today? It's amazing.
0: Can Seventh Day Adventists be Calvinists? Is that compatible? Like one doesn't negate the other. Like you could be a Seventh be Day Adventist, Cal- or wait, we'll it, no, it, or or is it, well? I'm We're sure you would. Paid. I mean, can Michael <laughs> as can Michael remain an atheist and also be a Calvinist? Like, is that where you're? Your cult is going, so, wait, what? Oop.
3: <laughs> so most atheists, most atheists, I think, would respect Calvinism more. They would just say that God is an evil God. Not like Haiti. Haiti says that, <laughs> yeah, Haiti just said, well, Haiti just says the most um, The most consistent is is the idea of Calvinism. It's just that you worship an evil God. I think she said that to me before. Which is mm. kind of funny. Yeah. You know. Well, check back in
8: today,
10: like. Yeah, atheism is inconsistent with First John four. It says God is love. A
5: Calvinist God could not be loving. <laughs> See, mm. well, interesting, interesting, interesting. Because I'm more, I, I am more on the Wesleyan Arminianism, Arminist uh, type of uh, way. I, I believe. Uh, the one thing I do understand: grace can be resisted. Otherwise, Stephen in his discourse in Acts chapter 7 would never told them that you always resist the Holy Spirit. And then we read in, in Hebrews chapter 10 that they do insult to the Spirit of Grace, who is the Holy Spirit. So if you are, if, if grace was irresistible, you could not insult the spirit of grace. Interesting thought. Just think about it.
3: I mean irresistible grace, the argument is not has nothing to do with that. The the argument of irresistible grace has to do with if you're regenerated and you are exercising faith, you're not going your heart is not going to be able to reject something that your heart has just been able to accept. In other words, you can do nothing again, in incompatibilism, right? You can do nothing except for what your heart desires. And if your heart's desire, if you've been taken out your heart of stone and given a heart of flesh, your heart's desire will make it impossible for you to uh, resist the grace of God. That's all that means. It doesn't mean like, you know, like when Stephen talks about, you know, the nation of Israel resisting his grace or talking about the Holy Spirit or talking about the Pharisees resisting, you know, the, the grace of God. That has nothing to do with grace.
4: It's a it's a different category. <clears throat> Chris, would it be correct to say there is a when the, like say when the gospel is preached, there's a general call that goes out to sinners to repent. But those that do repent, they're they're responding to the effectual call they're some of God's elect. Right? So there's the general call then there's the effectual call that people can't resist. Is that would, would you agree with that?
3: And that's what we see in absolutely that's what we see in Mark 14 or I'm sorry, Mark 4, 4 11, 12, 12, is that to those who are in the kingdom, then God reveals those mysteries. If you are not going to be in the kingdom, he will not reveal those mysteries to you. He's, he's literally saying that the Pharisees cannot believe, that they will not believe and they cannot believe. He's actually stopping them from believing because he's
0: telling parables. Right, and, and then the point... And, and then the difference, why nation not Calvinist, is it, it's almost like a philosophical point at this part because there's no way there's no way to prove it. All you have is evidence looking back. So, like, if any of those Pharisees right then in that conversation would have been like, oh, okay, Jesus, I believe you are the Christ, then you would say that's because, you know, an Arminian would say that's because, you know, they freely chose blah, 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 because the grace of God, the net is cast far and wide. He wants all to all to not come to Perish, but all to come to repentance. And you would say, well, sure, but that's because he's elect, and you know it was predestined before the foundation of the world. So I mean, all we can do is like armchair quarterback the evidence we see. So if they say, no, no, I do not believe you're the Christ. Okay, well, you're not the elect, and you didn't freely choose. So I mean, again, both sides end up in the exact same spot.
3: So
2: yeah, good point. I mean,
3: we would say that yeah, we would say that people freely choose. Like Calvinists believe in free choice. That's the thing, is that. We Welcome to Arminius,
0: comes,
3: right? <laughs> yeah, but we would just say that our free will choices are compatible with the sovereign decrees of God from the foundation of the world. That's that's all. So so that's the difference. And when we say that you can do no other than what your heart desires, that's that's I think true on its face, and I don't think anybody would argue with that. The problem is, is that if you do take libertarian free will, you are forced. to... And well, that, maybe it's like, you know, well, maybe well, it's like there's pra- only a couple of defenses for it, right?
0: Well, maybe it's practical application would be a better way to just like have everyone argue from. It's like, okay, look, there is no Calvinist. There is no Arminian. There is, uh, there's people. Okay. People, what do you, what do you want to do? Like, uh, you know, without using trigger words, like, what do you choose? Like, okay, you exist. What do you, what is going to happen with your existence? And to everyone who's like, oh, I follow Jesus great so like it, there as long as as long as we just say great there is no calvin there is no arminian until you say something like you're elect or you have freely chosen so as long as someone's like okay you exist what's going to happen with your existence and they say i reject god i reject your god unfortunate but i understand or you accept god you you follow god you recognize jesus maybe that's better you recognize jesus as your savior you repent you're forgiven Great. So for practical application, as long as someone, you know, rejects or follows Christ, like that's the answer. And we only we only get into like Calvin Arminian, depending on how we respond to that, (laughs) because if it's just like, oh, you follow Christ. Great. Thumbs up, buddy. Um, And and that's just it. It only becomes Calvin Arminian when we start talking about how they arrived at that conclusion.
3: Absolutely. And and let's just never do that. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, like Michael said something the other day that was really interesting, you know, he he said, um, he was correcting me, he was like, well, Chris, um, you know, I don't believe you can choose your beliefs, and and I agree with Michael on that, okay, I so like, yeah, so, so like, I don't think you can choose your beliefs, I think that your belief will flow out of your heart's desire, for lack of a better word, like, people want to talk about, like, what is the heart, what is desire, like, without getting into the, you know, the nomenclature, you know, I would say that Michael is correct in that, that you, he is going to follow his heart's desire. My response to that is, if God grants Michael grace, then he can do no other than believe, because he wouldn't be choosing his belief his belief had chosen at that point. And that is the same thing that we're talking about with baptism. Does that make sense, Michael?
10: Yeah, it does. And it's actually, the, I had to give a little bit of pushback, because when I, when I was talking about the, the verse in 1 John 4, Actually, I wasn't really agreeing with you. Um, so w- what I meant, what I meant by that was that, like, th- there's there's an unfortunate entailment, at least from my perspective, is that if you're going to if you're going to say that, um, you know, that, that 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 perspective is true, and that First uh, John four, you know, kind of speaks out against that, then then the the entailment of that. Sorry, I'm just pushing my cart back at the grocery shop. I decided not to work today. Um, uh, in, in that you you're going to have to be prepared to accept that, you know that God is not because you know First John four says that God is love, right? Which I said is, isn't compatible with the with what we talked about before. Um, so you just have to be prepared to accept that. And I and I've talked mm-hmm. to some Christians that are that like uh, I'm sure most of you are familiar with the guy named Syttem Burdenkaid. And Saiten, when I had a discussion with Syttem Burdenkaid, he said that God is not all loving. I'm curious what other people have what other people think about that.
3: Well, there's two different things, right? So, you know, if we're talking about omnibenevolence, that is not one of the omni attributes that most Christians assign to God, right? That God is all loving with no judgment or wrath, right? Um, I don't think any Christian would take that. Now, in terms of is God love in in the idea of biblical? Calvinism, absolutely. You know, God is love. God is wrath. God is judgment. Um, God is, you know, a whole bunch of attributes. It's not that one attribute is over and against the others. God is equally all of his attributes. Is what we
10: would say. Yeah, and and I've and I've heard I've heard Christians, you know, kind of like to me, like I, I accept that that you know that that's what people believe. It seems to me. Again, from the outside looking in, a little bit of a tightrope to walk. But, I mean, if that's what you believe, that's what you believe.
0: Um, Ethelie. uh, Wow, tongue-tied. Alethes? What's up?
6: Hey, what's up? You just call me Sophia.
0: What's up, Sophia? What's on your mind today?
6: Nothing much. uh, Yeah.
0: Do you have a question or comment?
6: Maybe. I just want to listen a little more and then
0: Sure, sure. If you have something completely different, that's fine. Just let us know. I, I think this is have about Run It's Course, right? How is this about Run It's Course? What, I Chris? So.
3: You, not so- you, don't, you don't know Sophia?
0: Uh-uh.
6: What?
3: Oh, okay. What? I, th- I don't I think so. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Sophia is no. usually like a mod in one of the atheist rooms. She's real smart.
6: Oh,
0: Okay. Well, welcome. Nice to meet you, Smart Sophia. (laughs) Hello. Let's mix things up and talk about living tears or something something like that. Well, Baptized did one on stage earlier. I mean... Mm
8: -mm -mm.
5: Sophia, Sophia, show is a pretty name.
6: Miss Sophia, Miss
5: Sophia, thank you. You're welcome.
0: Well, Daly, anything yet or still listening? Wonderful, wonderful.
9: Uh, Now I'm driving. I'm sorry. (laughs) I wish I could contribute more.
0: I mean, I guess as long as you're not texting and driving. I'm about to walk into church. I mean, I guess Steph is responsible for me being a Calvinist.
3: Yep. Oh well, Steph. See, the the hilarious bit is like when Malak does his rooms, I'm not allowed on stage. And, um, so she translates for me, so I have to backchange stuff, and then she reads my questions to him. And so she, <laughs> he doesn't allow you on stage. No, he's she's experiencing the same thing right now, which is highly ironic.
10: but It's funny. Is not isn't isn't a lot of things Steph's fault though? I mean, didn't we establish that before?
3: Yeah, I think everything. Is uh, just, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think.
0: Uh, so like, Malik, can you always yell at each other? Because what? Like, if the topic is is like. I don't know. Does God's, God love like puppies or kittens more? Or you just automatically start fighting about Calvinism?
3: No, Well, like, yeah, kind of. I mean, like, so he does his rooms where he mischaracterizes Calvinism, and then he's um, like, see? And then I'm like, push back on him. I'm like, yeah, that's not what we talk about. That's not what we teach. And then yeah. he's like, no, it is. And then I'm like, no. So he doesn't like when I push back
5: on him. So you and and, and, and Malak are, are constantly... Uh, in the in the wrestling ring, or in the UFC's ring, trying to put a knee bar on, on each other, huh?
3: Generally not. I mean, just when he does those rooms, I mean, generally we get along fine. <laughs> it's just when he does those rooms, he just wants to. I think he does it to tweak me. It may be. Oh fine. hey, Steph, did you uh did you
0: check my PTR? Did you see my new puppy I got? I don't think I've talked to you since then.
9: I have an off-topic conversation, um, but I don't know if anyone in here wants to talk.
0: Since absolutely no one else has a topic, sure. What what is this? Uh, what is this thing?
9: So I'm a little torn. I have a uh, a Ducati Scrambler from 2018, which is a motorcycle, but I really want to get an electric motorcycle. But there's really only a few good brands out there and they're all relatively like overpriced for the range because even though electric cars are like, you know, whatever state you believe they're in now, like motorcycles are like a few years behind that. Like they haven't quite caught up to where EVs are. So I don't know if I should just do it, get the thing that I want because I want it, um, or I should wait like two to five years and... Get it when it's a little more refined. I mean, since trick. you already
0: made since you already made the mistake of getting a Ducati, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, just ride it until it runs into the dirt, and at that point, then you know, maybe things will be more up to the level you want.
9: I do like my current motorcycle, though,
0: so that is a good option. I used to have a oh gosh, what was it? It was a. Oh, my gosh. How do I not remember? Uh, Suzuki? That Gixxer R1000? Is that Suzuki? No. I told uh, you anyway, it,
13: was
0: a, I, I, I think it was a yeah, I think it was Yeah, I think it was Suzuki. Gosh, how do I not even remember that? Um, I want to say K, but not Kawasaki. I think it's Suzuki. But, yeah, the GSX-R1000. Like, I had that thing, like, 15 years ago. Oh, my gosh. That was my the, favorite. The shred. You're thinking about the shred. The what? No one knows what you're saying. I had one too. A what? You sound like you're literally in the type of room, sound like literally, metaphorically literally. You sound like you're in the type of room where you would be chaining people up and doing like hacking them up like a horror movie.
3: I mean that is his job he feeds babies to alligators
2: apparently. Nate, i don't know uh, if i've ever met anyone who can go to such dark places so quickly and then come back to the light
0: praise god you know <laughs> i think i'm an enigma um you know i'm gonna say it's not a spiritual crisis but um I don't know my whole family is just like has like kind of this dark sense of humor like i mean you know we're not really joking about like crazy like you know serial killer hacking up death murder like blood and guts um i mean you know if someone's like oh that really happened i'm like oh oops well that's 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 too much but you know in a very abstract sense like ah ha ha you know we deserve to get hit by a meteor ha 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 because like someone will mention like how humanity is devolving or something like yeah it's probably time we get hit by an asteroid they're like wait, Nate, don't you have a, a better, don't you want better for humanity than that? I'm like, what? No, bro, I'm joking. I don't actually want to get hit by an asteroid. I mean, we probably do deserve it, but no, I don't really want that to happen. I'm just, you know, it's like a ha ha. Like, you shouldn't joke about that. Like, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I'm like, oh my gosh. Anyway, so I guess I guess it's just my kind of dark sense of humor. I, I don't Snowflake.
9: Know. <laughs> Nate, I have a question for you that's more on topic than that yes um do you have and you don't have to be super specific this is just like a a question and then i kind of have a follow-up but uh do you believe in like a a literal literal hell like a place where damned souls will go um after they die basically yes um do you believe that uh when jesus died did he go to hell
0: uh, personally i i think that's probably the case i don't have a, a problem with that um to nuance that some people are probably clutching their pearls now i don't think in any way jesus died and like you know went to hell the same way like some un- unrepentant person is like oh no the hell i created is torturing me ah this is so bad um you know like th- there's a reference that you know he took the his keys of death hell and the grave um so and uh like peter makes a reference that you know um people can construe like, you know, Jesus kind of rolled into hell and like um, proclaimed victory over it. So yeah, in that sense, like, I don't have any problem with it. Like the Bible doesn't explicitly say, but I think it's pretty easy to, I think, accurately read into that. Yeah. Jesus, you know, when he died, he went to the abyss, he went to Hades, to, to hell or whatever, or, you know, the devil's going to be hanging out um, or the lake of fire, I guess. And, you know, he, he walked in there and kind of like proclaimed his victory over it. Cause when he says it's finished, um, I, I mean, I believe he meant that. Like it is finished, so like there's there's no reason to have to be a you know continual like sacrifice on the cross or pay a penalty in the hell when, or like eternal fire punishment or something like that. When he says it's done, it's done. So I think yeah, he he probably went to hell at some point and is like yeah, I I own this place, I'm the boss, so this is what you got to look forward to.
3: Never mind, with him in paradise today.
0: I mean, didn't say he was having a staycation in hell. I mean, you know, maybe it took him like a half second. Maybe it was outside of time. Maybe time stopped. So that's why I don't have a problem with it. I'm not going to teach it as gospel, um, but I also, yeah, today you'll be with me in paradise. Um, so I don't have, I don't have a problem with him being like, okay, well, I'm going to go to paradise. Um, hey, give me one second, or you know, let's stop time for just one little moment. Let me go do something real quick. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't teach it as gospel because the Bible's, you know, not. Uh, doesn't really speak to it, uh, but I don't have a problem with it either. Does that answer your question, daily?
9: Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I guess it depends on your conception of hell, because some people define hell as uh, as an absence of God, uh, and I guess depending on your view of the Trinity and whatnot, like, that would be kind of weird to say that jesus had an absence of god but um i don't I, i'm assuming that's not really your view
0: to say yeah yeah like that's pretty deep like i mean people could take pretty much either side and depending how they explain that side you could have me agreeing or disagreeing or at least seeing their point um so you know people will commonly say and this is kind of like uh this is kind of i don't even know where this comes from father chris may be able to answer but um the bible i don't believe anywhere in the bible it explicitly states like the lake of fire where eternal punishment is going to be doled out um, is a lack of the presence of God. I know, I mean, I've said that same thing myself, like it's commonly a common trope amongst Christians. Like, well, you know, to be cut off from your creator and that's what hell really is because you know, the presence of God isn't there. Um, but then, so I, I don't know where that actually came from. Maybe some church father wearing a weird robe, but the Bible doesn't explicitly say this, that hell is the absence of God. The Bible does explicitly say that, you know, Jesus, all things being God, are created through him and sustained by him. So if Jesus like was not in some way sustaining hell, it wouldn't exist uh, because nothing can exist that is not through Jesus. So like, you've got to have like, I don't know if you want to say the presence of God or like the, the being on cool terms with God, but yeah. So in in that sense, you could have someone nuance it and say, well, okay, well, Jesus is, is sustaining hell and the presence of God is in hell because without that hell wouldn't exist because you've got to have a God to sustain it. Uh, But that person is going to be cut off from the presence, meaning like on bad terms or at enmity with God um, or feeling the wrath of God, which is in no way the happy reconciliatory presence that, you know, believers in God think they're going to get. So you could you could explain that different ways, and I would agree. But. Yeah, Chris, where did that come from, Um, that the common statement that, you know, hell is really just a lack of the presence of God or you're cut off from God?
3: I don't know historically. I'd have to look that up. That's actually a pretty interesting question. I honestly don't know where that that lack of the presence of God comes in because God is omnipresent. So that's like one of His God like great making properties. So it doesn't seem like it would come from classical theism.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I could like if someone said like you know what I explained, I'd be like, oh okay. If you're cut off from the presence of God, meaning like you're at war with God, you're feeling the wrath of God, you're not having this like. Uh, parental, reconciliatory r- love of God, then sure. And, and that explanation, you're cut off in the presence of God. Um, maybe... To say
9: uh, like it- uh, I was going to say, maybe it uh, came from, like... Maybe there were some types of Christians that wanted to kind of soften... <clears throat> I don't know, the punishment, maybe? So instead of it being this... I mean... You don't have to agree to this either, but I mean, obviously other depictions of hell are like torment and fire and whatnot. Um, so to soften the image, <laughs> some Christians might say, well, it's not all that. It's just, you're just cut off from God's presence, which is also bad, but not in the like well, emotional way that the other depiction is. Maybe it's... Something-
0: I've also heard both ways. Um, I've heard them say, you know, you're cut off from the presence of God. By the way, there's also eternal torment. Um, but then I've also heard other people say what you said. Uh, but I'd say if someone really wanted to just, if their goal was to soften the idea of hell, they'd be an annihilationist, like we talked about earlier today. Like they would just like, oh, no, no. We're, you know, when you, it's just like every, every atheist thinks. If you're not a Christian, then, you know, when you die, just poof, lights out. You, you stop existing. So if you really want to soften the idea of hell, you know, believe that or espouse that. Um, And I think a lot of people do like, you know, I, I, I question that. Like, I don't, I'm sure there's people that really truly believe it is the most accurate, but I think there's a lot of people who do that to avoid tough conversations and be like, you follow a God that would infinitely punish finite crimes for hell forever. Even though the Bible never tells us that it's finite crimes, like there's no reason to think that someone's going to stop sinning uh, just because they're in hell. So, but yeah, I think a lot of people do, do espouse that because it gets them out of sticky conversations.
3: Yeah. I mean, I've also heard hell described as the intense presence of God and his holiness. And for people who are not holy or set apart, that is the torment, is experiencing his holiness while not being a part in fellowship with him for eternity.
0: Uh, Sophia, got anything to say yet?
6: Sorry. <clears throat> no. Um,
8: still
5: uh,
0: thinking about it. Yeah. Um, Lou, are you uh, speaking yet? Did you stop the metal grinder? <laughs> no. Wonderful. Wonderful.
13: Yeah, I, I would okay. say that um sorry um, I, I, saw, he um, I saw he unmuted. Um I saw you unmuted Lou. Okay, go ahead, Vangel. I mean I, I would say that I mean however you cut it, you know, um it's not a good experience to be on the wrong side of God. You know, even if it's in his presence or the idea that there's some kind of weird separation where God can't reach. Um, I mean, we, we were created to function in a specific way. Um, whenever you step outside of that particular function, you know, abuse and destruction is inevitable. So, you know, you were once in the presence of God in the Garden of Eden, and then <laughs> sin entered, and, you know, and it caused a lot of pain that was not part of the original order of things. So, I would say partially we're separated from the order of God, which is the reason why we have so much destruction. Now I would say ultimately at the end, it's a complete disarray. So whatever that may be, you know, cause we only feeling like, I, I think just small increments of what it means to be outside of God's order and God's plan. And so if there's a final judgment where we're completely cut out, um, yeah, that can't be any, you know, a good place to be. So if you if you're saying separated from God for eternity, I mean, I can understand that because it, it entails a lot. You know, um, if God is the source of all joy, and peace, you know, tranquility, euphoria, whatever, you know, and you're separated from Him or you don't have access to that, you know, you know, it's just it won't be good. So I mean, I can I can understand it, you know, uh, w- with the same idea what you was talking about, you know, God, you know, you know Christ sustains all things. You would, you would think that, you know, you would have to also sustain the abode for those that are not in His will. Either way, you know, uh, if you look at the presence, not being in His presence, which just simply just means you're just not in the right side of the law, I guess you can say.
0: Anything to add, Alberto? All right, Chris, drop some knowledge on us. I'm going to start inviting people with tags called Profit and Profitess in their tagline.
3: Yes, let's do that.
0: I'm just kidding. Don't do that. You called my bluff.
3: Dang it. I'm just excited that we've had so many atheists today that's pretty fun I know but they're not talking
6: <laughs> well, I'm getting you? ready and um, so I'm just kind of like uh, listening unless there's something that I kind of urgently want to jump in on
0: <clears throat> what are topics you urgently like to jump in on
6: Um, usually if somebody says something that's kind of like Contradict something they said earlier, or something like that.
3: <laughs> uh, let's try. Yeah, this. I do that all um, the time. You,
0: you, you say you're an atheist, but Romans uh, says you know there's a god, so you're a liar. Care to speak? <laughs> um, why? I, I'm just kidding. If you're if you're oh. getting if you're getting ready, I don't, I, I mean, I, I'm. I meant to say that, but I mean, I. I um, if you're getting ready, I don't want to like stop you from whatever you're doing. I was just trying to say something you would jump in on. Yeah.
6: What what um what does it mean to say that I know that God exists? Like how how does how does whoever wrote that is that Paul? How does Paul know that I know?
0: Well, so uh, if if I mean if you read the whole thing and I, and I believe this, so you know I'm not I'm not going to be someone that like calls every atheist a liar. I, I have my own view of why that could be, but um like when Paul writes this, I'm sure you've read it. Um, if you're in these chat rooms a lot, but you know paul says by looking around and like seeing the world around and realizing it didn't just it didn't just happen like there is a creator and that's that's what that's what he sees so kind of like an observation that's that's common sense that most people you can you can imagine being like oh i look around and you know did stuff just randomly get here or you know was there some creation uh, you know some mind behind this So it seems like it would get you to, you know, at least like a deist sort of position. Like, even though, you know, you may not know that word or understand what that means for the people who are like just looking around like some tribe in the middle of nowhere. And they're like, oh, my gosh, what is this? Blah blah blah. So you should realize there's some creator behind this. And then the idea is if you keep acting on this knowledge and like having this open seeking heart, um, you're eventually somehow going to be led to the proper God of the Bible and Jesus, even though, you know, you don't have a Bible, you don't know who Jesus is. I believe if, you know, like the light you've been shown more and more will be added or something like that. But if you keep following this path of a seeking open heart, you're going to be led to the God of the Bible. Um, Anyway, that's what I think. That's what I think Paul is getting at. But then when atheists Mm -hmm. say, look, I'm telling you, I'm not lying. I don't believe I I lack the belief in a God or gods. Well, personally, I'm not going to call them a liar. I think they're very much being truthful. I just think deep, deep down buried under like a lifetime of youtube videos and you know god chats uh, there is that knowledge somewhere and if they ever take the time to soul search deep enough they'll eventually uncover it. and that's that's nothing that can be proven i mean unless they do that and say that's what they think happened um it's just kind of an espousal anyway that's that's my two cents
6: but w- cents. what if um <clears throat> i were to say I, I don't think that anything was um by... what if i said that so it doesn't make sense you're you're if supposing, you,
13: you're supposing I didn't that you.
6: every yeah, you're supposing that everyone would just think that um thing since things exist it must have been created but there's no reason why everyone would think that like I don't I don't think that
3: I'm created. Uh, Nate, uh, let me ask you this. Um, you said that some are suppressing it deep down. They know, but they might not be conscious of it um you don't think do you think that for all of them some of them are, are do you think some are straight lying, and some have
5: suppressed it
0: uh, well to to finish on sophia's real fast i'll say sophia that's that's fine i'm not going to say you're a liar or anything like that because i i believe you believe that and you know my, my point i would say still stands that you know because we have evidence like people who will worship evil gods they'll come up with some sort of god or you know i i don't know how far back the record of uh clans or tribes espousing a belief in no deity i don't know how far back that exists like where the records are but just in the interest of never saying never i'm sure there's some somewhere and i even believe kind of like you know the the point that even those people however far back you have to go to find someone that didn't believe in a god or gods they really did they would just have to peel back layers of i don't know human sacrifice or well they wouldn't be sacrificing Um, i don't know just bloody war pagan something with no god that would be like very, very bad, like murder, well, stealing, rape, robbery, and I think even those people would deep, deep down believe it. There's no way to prove that. That's just kind of my my suspicion.
6: Yeah, but so I, I don't want to talk about people. As, I I can't I don't know what their uh, mental states are because I can't look directly into their minds. But um, I I know my own mind, and I uh, it's not that so I actually don't think that things are. Created, I think that the physical world just has a brute existence, and if there's any kind of creating going on, it's going to be my own mind um, that are giving like these conceptualizations to. uh, I'm I'm kind of carving up the world in a particular way in my mind, but I wouldn't say that my mind is like uh, this creator or something like that, or at least not creator of. All
0: the things that you know, I wouldn't say that. Uh, it was a little choppy, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd still—I mean, I think we still have our same answers. Like whatever you said, I, I think I got enough of it. That the lowest common denominator is still—I would posit—that this God that I believe exists knows us better than we know ourselves. So, if the Bible is true, which I believe it is, and this truly is God, you know, saying that everyone knows. Uh, he exists, does God exists. then I would say that's that's a biblical claim of God knowing humans better than humans know ourselves.
6: Um, <laughs> yeah, and but then, you know, and you're basing it then, on the Bible, and so that's just, there's no, I, I don't believe in the Bible, um, especially right. not the Abrahamic one. So, I mean, yeah. Well, so right. I, and I, that, I don't think that there's going to be any kind of symmetry breaker here, because, you're you're just inserting a creator, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I agree.
0: <laughs> like, of course, okay. you don't believe the Bible, and, and you know, I, I do. Um, you know, I found it trustworthy and true over over my existence. So, I mean, you know, that's that's my claim. But because I realize it's just a claim, and obviously, if I could, if I could prove this to you, um, or God would prove this to you, like show up and give you exactly whatever it would take to, you know, make you powerless to resist, and then you would believe. Well, then you would believe it. Um, so it's, it's just a, a counterclaim, well, counter claim.
6: Let me put it this way: if God were to show up and prove its existence to me, um, I would no longer be an atheist. I'll grant you that, but I would become then an anti-theist. So I'll tell you that. Wow,
3: well, I would say
6: you can <laughs> talk. To, you can talk to yeah, me. Okay. no, I'm, I have. Um, so if there, so if there is a creator, right, of a certain sort, and whatever, blah blah blah. And, if there is such a being, right, Then, and that being, like, proves itself to me, Um, I'm going to be pissed off as as F. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse in your room. Um, I'm going to be really pissed off, yeah. So so, uh, I'm going to be like, I don't care if I'm going to hell. I'm going to be completely antagonistic to this being. I'm not going to like him at all, right? So, and I don't care if I go to hell. I'd rather go to hell and not be next to this MF then be next to this mf that i hate so much okay so either i'm an atheist or i'm going to be an anti-theist but you can yeah
0: yeah yeah i'll just like tie up a couple of those loose ends real quick but yeah i I appreciate that and i understand that stance and uh, let's see if i can remember all this stuff so first i'd say you know um the chances like you know usually i i among others will say like if anyone's going to prove the existence of god it's going to be god himself which would be, you know, humbly, sincerely seeking from a Christian perspective, this Jesus of the Bible that says, do just that. So if anyone's going to prove themselves to you, it's going to be by doing the things they say, it's going to be God himself. Um, Secondly, I'd say, yeah, well, if I I would say, yeah, I don't, I don't mean to keep it going. I'll talk to concrete. I'm trying to just give some, some pretty easy points that don't, um, you know, shouldn't make you. Respond to unless you want to. I just want to take up too much of your time. But um, the other one would be, you know, if if God were going to prove himself to you, I would say probably the best way to have that happen would not be referred to. You know, god is it um and oh, i, I talked to this gonna be ig- it. It.
6: Yeah. oh well I'm, right I'm gonna right man. yeah it's i talked to this by my choice yeah it's uh, gonna be yeah,
0: yeah i i understand yeah i understand um, so i, I talked I, to I, this I... Ah, I really want to get through this <laughs> okay. so i talked to this guy who was an igtheist one time because he's like you know there may be a god it's so it's so complicated we don't know and he kept referring to god as this god thing and he's like you know if this god thing would just prove itself to me i'm like you know i understand but i mean whenever you whenever i mean talking about christianity right other gods other religions whatever but for, for my religion for christianity um you know jesus talks about uh, you know coming to him with an open sincere seeking a humble heart and i'm like okay igtheist um if you're referring to this god as god thing it um chances of god thing it proving himself to you are, are probably not super high like i would call into question the sincerity of you know the god thing uh, your heart um anyways the, um Goodness I um, was going to say. Oh yeah, the last couple of things. Ah, sorry, you just I, said I a lot and I wanted this, to respond to um, each point.
6: God thing. Okay, is, I'll let it go. Probably scared of me. Uh, if if it's not if it's not going to like prove itself to me and it does exist, then uh, it's probably scared of me. And so, yeah.
0: Okay. So, okay, that's right. I understand that. Um and, and concrete I haven't forgot your question um okay, about guys- people suppressing. Uh but I the last thing since you brought it up again, um I was going to let it go, but again, if someone is truly being honest with themselves like you know if you christianity if you just read the description of the god of the bible the one
6: i'm just not like gonna or, bow down to any uh god well, right, or human right right i understand i understand, than, I, I, I understand. yeah i'm just not gonna ever I, I, ever do I'm,
0: that. I'm 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 ever. trying to just put a cap on this point so like you know if there is an Especially atheist handbook like
6: Look, look oh, as goodness. far as I know, this is like a foreign Abrahamic god. Okay, I'm not Abrahamic. So, I'm not going to bow down to this god. Ever.
0: I'm re- I'm regretting my decision to ask if you wanted to say anything. I, j- I just want to yeah, like I'll make th- make it and through I'll this fight point.
6: eternity. I'm going to go to hell, I don't care. Yes, I understand you're going to tell God what's up. You're going to like, you know,
0: beat God in the octagon and make God tap out. I totally get it. I- I'm, I'm not just even saying like on it on its... this
6: thing as God, it's going to be an it. it's going to be a nothing to me.
0: No one can say I'm not exercising the patience of a saint right now. I, I'm just trying to make like a 30-second and in and this, right? So like there's, there's what you just said. I totally get it. You see God is evil and all, all this other stuff, and he's bad um, if he exists, if it exists. I, I get that point. Um, what I'm saying is the way that's written on paper, if Christianity is true, if the Bible is true— then no matter how much, you know, you don't like this God, you'd have to say, well, okay, if it's true, then I guess it's true. So it says every knee will bow and every tongue confess. So then if you would, you would have to say, well, okay, if your Bible is true, then I guess I am, I am every knee. So I have a knee, so I will bow no matter how much I wouldn't like it. I mean, right. That, no, that's what it, I'm looking it's for. Just, it's just kind of like true. a. It just never okay, going okay. to be true. Wonderful. Never, Wonderful. Ever, yeah. okay. Oh, is that one of the, like my truths, like your true things? Like, Oh, okay, no,
6: no, no. yeah, so so what I'm saying is, um, this, this being, even if something, some being like you know, some supernatural being were to exist, right? It's never gonna be God for me, I'm never gonna worship it, I'm never gonna think it's good, never ever. Okay, so,
0: so I, I, I understand, and I, yeah, I
6: powerful and I go to hell, I don't really care. Okay,
0: you know? yeah, I, I, I get so
6: it, so it's not gonna be I, I, God. Ah. that just means that God does not exist in all possible worlds is not a necessary existence. So this uh, thing well, is false. Okay, so it seems like false. I have
0: definitely, it seems like I've definitely found the point that if I want your input, I, I need to invoke this conversation because it worked a little too well. Um, but I would say, you know, that would be like if there was, you know, if, if Islam, which I totally think is false, if they say, well, you know, our Quran, peace be upon it, says that if you, for example, um, don't follow, you know, Islam and don't practice the five pillars of Islam and are not, and not on Allah's good side, then you're going to go to Islam's version of hell. And I would say, well, I think you're totally wrong. I totally disbelieve all of that. But if your Quran is true, then, well, I guess it's true. I guess I'll be in your version of hell, right? So that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't believe it at all. I totally reject it. However, I mean, if it's true, it's true. And I'm powerless to resist because I'm like, well, guess it's true. That's all I'm trying to say. So in Christianity, like, you know, when people say- I don't know what um, you mean
6: by true here. I mean, like, I think that like if it's
0: going to happen, like, I like if if Allah so puts me in his. the state of his, affairs is. Uh,
6: oh, in part I, I, of conceptualization. So it's not right. Like I, I'm. This is mental. Try- it's a mental representation.
0: Okay, that's so like for example, if
6: state of affairs
0: are ah. This is so contentious. I'm I'm trying to get out of this. So I'm just trying to say, if the Bible says every knee will bow, you're like, that's not my God. I ain't gonna bow and. As you're bowing, you're like, oh, I'm not doing this. This is not happening. I'm compartmentalizing. I'm not bowing. As everyone is like, yeah, bro, your knees are totally bowing. You're totally uh, falling in your face before this sovereign holy God. You're like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. At a point, everyone's going to be like, okay, fine. You're not. As your face is smashed on the ground and you're like bowing because your power is to resist. That's all I'm saying. So you can make, like, no, I'm in another place in my mind. I'm in another reality. It's not my God. And everyone's like watching you bow down and you're like, okay, sure, you're not totally doing what you're doing right now. That's all I'm saying. If it happens, it happens.
6: Um,
0: okay. Uh,
6: sure, but I, I don't think that that makes any kind of sense, actually. But,
0: uh, uh, concrete. <laughs> um, about, are you there? I saw you were on the phone. Are you back from the phone?
6: I think he's still on the phone.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I guess someone let me know when he's back from the phone. My phone doesn't always tell me accurate information. But, you know, I, I do think a lot of people like will, will take that approach. They're like, well... If your God exists, um, then, you know, he's totally evil and I would never worship him. Well, first of all, how unfortunate would that be if for some reason, like totally whatever they weren't thinking, like, because they've read the stories in the Bible or there's pain and suffering, or this is not the best possible world in their estimation. Yeah, if if there wise. was, if there was, if, if there was, if, if there was if, for any reason, um, if there was something wrong that made them think if God exists, it just is evil.
6: Has nothing to do with me. It I doesn't just even have the to the floor, do huh? with the thing being evil. Uh. Just This This is an Abrahamic God of the Jews, okay, and it just has nothing to do with me. It's what I'm saying. It's not
0: Okay, okay, it has nothing wonderful. Nothing to do with me. It's so i Okay, so I'll take that point, and I guess we can talk about that in a second. But all the other people that, you know, God, if he exists, is evil. All those people, not you. You made that clear. Not you. Um, they're like, I'm going to give God a piece of my mind because I blah, 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 and if God exists, I'm going to, like, tell him off and, you know, screw that guy. I'll tell him I'll happily go to hell. I'll go into hell for him. Well, if the biblical picture of God is true, um, you're probably going to be wondering if you're, like, soiling yourself. You know, if – and again, it's like, I'll never worship that God. Okay, well, there may be, in the interest of never saying never, like three people out of 100 billion who have ever like had the presence to stand up to this God and be like, no, I'll go willingly into hell. I don't think it's that high, but in the interest of never saying never. So I think when we are confronted with this picture, like, you know, thumb through Revelation sometime when you're bored. Like if this God depicted in Revelation truly exists, I think we're going to be like, oh crap, wow. And then what's more, if, if the picture of God someone had, or your picture that is not your God, it's an Abrahamic God, and it has nothing to do with you, even though it seems like you clearly had a bone to pick with them, because if you're like, well, it just has nothing to do with me, well, the way you were calling him MF and, you know, F this well, guy look, look, and stuff like that, yeah, I'd say because... there's a problem. I'm adamant I'm going to get through this. I'm adamant I'm going to finish one sentence without being interrupted. Thank it you for
6: more than one sentence. Um,
0: this current sentence. Um, and it may be more. Thank you for your understanding. Jesus appreciates it. Um, but I'd say it seems like more than just a God that has nothing to do with you. You you really have contention with this God. Um, so I'd say it would be unfortunate if there was some reason that you had a contention with this God, that when you meet this God, um, you're like, oh crap, I've been so wrong. I now have a complete understanding and I've been fighting against this God, but it was really my own misconception or something like that. Okay, go ahead.
6: Yeah, um, so this God is a God of the Hebrews and this God is going to, um, you know, put the Hebrews at an advantage. So even if like the things you're seeing be true, there's no reason for me to like care about this God. Like I would be upset at it, like, right? The way that, you know, uh, the Pharaoh, right? Would have been upset at Moses is God and etc. Right, but um, if you think that I'm gonna be like intimidated by fear, it's like the last thing. If anyone ever has ever like known to engage with me, they'll know that um, if anyone makes like a threat to me, like you know, all all negotiations go out the door. With me. I'm I'm the kind of person where honey works better than
0: vinegar. Right, I get it. It's like the nuclear option, like you know, instead of like playing this game, you, you just like burn it all down. I I am I actually understand you. I'm that way too. It like seems I like we wouldn't have a choice I don't negotiate. The
6: Basically, I don't negotiate with terrorists, and if God is going to make threats like that, which take then this being to be doing, right? If this being is going to be such a POS, make threats I, I I'm gonna take it to be a terrorist, and I don't negotiate with terrorists.
0: Right, I understand, but as that, you're saying that, I, I and, and this is well Alberto, really well Sophia. hang on, Alberto, I'm glad you're finally gonna chime in, and we're gonna go right to you, and then Thomas came up too. So I'm glad people are finally engaging. It only took like an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it.
2: Here, um, let me interrupt. You but I I, I
0: under, well hang on, I just, I, I, under, I, I understand, um, Sophia, about you don't negotiate with terrorists. And this is what I was talking about how, like, you know, everyone in the room at a certain point, when someone makes a certain type of claim that goes a little too far for our understanding, we're all just gonna kind of like sigh and be like, okay, okay. Um, so, what I mean by that is if there's this God who is so far above humans, there's probably some stuff. And I understand you're, you're like, fight, fight. There's no flight. There's just like, fight, fight, fight. I'm kind of that way. And it's well, like, look, instead of negotiating, I'll just like, well, nah, it's, hang on. I'm, I, 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 I let you go on. It's kind of like burn it all down mentality. I dare say there's some stuff humans could do to you in this world that would have you bowing down before humans. Uh, you know, whether it's like pain, torture, starvation, like whatever it is, I'm sure there is some things humans could do to you and no, me to have you to have you. Okay, great, to, great, great, down great, down to great. Human okay, human. I understand. To have you licking their boots and whenever you say I, never I do wouldn't, that. like you. Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna move you down. I like talking to you, but. You just can't keep interrupting. Like I try to give you a long time to speak and I'm trying to mentally remember everything you say. And then I get like halfway through a point of something you addressed and you just keep cutting me off. Um, I'm happy to bring you back, but you can't keep derailing people. Um, Otherwise, why are we having conversation? But that point right there where you say, I'm like, there are humans who could do stuff to have you licking their boots and worshiping them. And you're like, no, there isn't everyone around theist and non-theist alike right now is like rolling their eyes. They're like, Okay, come on. Clearly, we appreciate your fighting spirit. We also have that fighting spirit, but there's probably something humans could do to make us, like, you know, lick their feet and be like, oh, I'm so sorry, whatever you want, whatever you want. So and now imagine at a God level. So I understand your responses, like, no, I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't, uh uh-uh, uh, not me. And everyone's just like rolling their eyes, They're like, okay, sure, buddy. Um, Albedo, you wanted to say something?
9: Well, she's not in the room anymore, but it just seems like I think she thinks
0: that she would have a choice, as I if, know, like, right? that. I don't think you have a choice. And that, and that's that's the whole point I was trying to say. Like, usually, like with other atheists, like Rab, with Michael, it's such an easy concession because I, I'm, I'm just giving them on a platter. They're out. I'm like, OK, look, I understand you you espouse a lack of belief for all these reasons. If God exists, I understand your reason why you think he's evil. I disagree with it, but I understand your position. But would you concede that if the Bible is true and it says everyone will bow down before this God... You are everyone, so if this is true, you would bow down. And then they'll say something, like the obvious answer, okay, even though I don't believe this is ever going to happen because I think your book's a lie, your God's a lie, blah, blah, blah. Sure, if your book, if your story fable book is true, and it says everyone will bow, then I guess I'll bow down. Like, it's just such an easy point, right? It's like in Islam, I believe it's totally false. But if, if I'm like, okay, sure, if Islam is true, if Allah is true, peace be upon him, then I guess if I don't follow Allah, peace be upon him, I'll, I'll be an Islam hell. Sure. I concede all the while being like, I fully never, that's not going to happen because it's not true. But if it was, then sure. Like, that's just like such a weird hill to die on. Like, uh, -uh, not me, not me. Like, you know, humans could do stuff. I, I mean, you know, to, to greatly sway the majority of the planet to getting what they want. So then if we're adding like God on top of that, and someone's like, uh-uh, not me, not me, not me. It's like, okay, well, we can't have a conversation.
9: Well, you know, it's also uh, kind of strange about that hypothetical. It's like, oh, if God is true in all the Bible, they're actually not agreeing that the Bible is true because they're saying God isn't good. So they're not granting that then because it seems like if you were to come to the realization that the Bible is true, you would realize that God is good.
0: I I know. And that, that, I mean, that's another point. I'm like, well, look, what if you have, you have a contention, like whatever the reason you wouldn't worship this God is, Um, if it's because, I mean, presumably it's because something bad, like you think he doesn't exist or it's something bad, otherwise you would worship him. So presumably, whatever, whatever reason you have for not worshiping this God, what if you found out that reason or all those reasons were actually wrong? And you've, you've been wrong and had a bad understanding or a bad concept this whole time. And now you're like, oh, well, okay, instead of like you know going off into the eternal abyss, not worshiping his God and cursing his name, now that I have a proper understanding of God, I would totally worship this God. It's not a problem with God. It was a problem with my understanding this whole time. And again, that's one of those easy concession points where it's like, okay, sure, no matter how unlikely someone thinks that scenario is, if that happened, then sure. Um, but it was just such an unwillingness to, I don't know, to, to, okay. So concrete, are you back yet? Is concrete back yet? Okay. Well, concrete's question like an hour ago was the the people who I, I think it was the people who say they don't have a belief in God. Uh, do they, you know, are, are they lying or are they, do they really believe that? And I think some people truly believe that, um, I think the Bible is true and they do believe there is a God, but they don't know it. Like, so maybe they're lying to themselves at this point, but I, when they're talking to us and they say, no, I don't believe a God exists. I believe they're being a truthful as far as they know it. Um, I just think, you know, they're either self-deceived or it's buried between so many layers of, of stuff underneath, you know, their, their soul or their existence or something that they would really have to go on this huge soul searching, seeking Jesus finding mission to uncover and be like, oh, I believed in God this whole time, so I don't believe they're lying. However, people like we just spoke to, like like Sophia, peace be upon her, <laughs> <clears throat> the more I talk to her, I mean, I don't want to say she exactly fits that bill of someone who's lying about not believing in a God, but she's getting really close to that line. Like people that just don't believe in a God don't usually have that much contention uh, towards this idea of, of God. Um, If they really just lack a belief in a God, no problem with them, just don't have a belief in them. Um, It's it's usually people that do that don't have such perceived animus against God. So, uh, yeah, I think, to be fair, um, there are plenty of atheists who say they don't believe in a God who I believe when they say that. I think they know there's a God, but they don't know that because it's suppressed between so much stuff. Um, However, other people like that that seem to display such a problem with God— I think they believe more than they say they believe or don't believe thomas uh what did you have uh you've been here a little while
8: uh yeah sure uh let's see here uh, do you want to talk about or should I ask you a question about the doc- your doctrine of hell are you and are you a Calvinist by any means
0: the doctrine of what
8: uh the doctrine of hell oh. what is your Are you a Calvinist, and what is your view about the doctrine of hell (laughs) today?
3: Well, despite
0: what Chris would say, I am not a Calvinist, Uh, but my view, I I guess you came in late. Um, We've been actually talking about hell for like two hours. Were you here for any of that?
8: Uh, Just for the latter half. uh,
0: Okay. Maybe Uh, I came too late, yeah. Oh, that's fine. To summarize, I've got maybe 10 minutes, then I'll go, but to summarize, um, yeah, I, I believe hell is literal, hell is hot. Hell is eternal. Don't go there.
8: All right. Uh, I'd like to ask a second question. Uh, do you think hell is a place of eternal physical torment, or is it primarily a state of spiritual separation from God, in uh, your if, opinion? Definitely
0: a state of torment. As far as physical, I, I don't know how you would quantify that. Like physical body, like this this matter— like you know, we're told like you know, believers are going to get like a glorified body. So can that be, can that be conceived as some sort of physical body, or is that a new glorified body that's spiritual? So whatever that is, I think would apply to hell. So are people like made up just like we are right now? Like our bodies are ben- going to be like given the benefit of never dying, and, and you know like a hell people body bodies are going to be just like us now, um, or is it going to be some some new like not glorified, but some some new type of body? So would it really be physical? That's that's just kind of like a tricky thought experiment, but however you can sensory feel pain, I believe that. So whatever whatever the composition of our bodies are like in hell, I don't think it's just going to be like mental anguish or spiritual something. I think it's going to be all of the above. So you will be able to feel like, ah, I feel that. That sucks.
8: Uh, okay, so like we we retain our physical bodies and- Let's say you reject say God. Oh, okay. Uh, what?
0: Yeah, hmm. in some way you can feel. So I, I said I don't know if we retain our physical bodies or if we get like a new body that's like quasi-physical, but I believe there's going to be like some, some way of sensory. So it's not going to be like torturing your mind. I mean it's going to be that too. Um, but I don't believe it's just going to be like emotional barren wasteland or some spiritual torture. I believe there's going to be a, a sensory torture to it. Am I being clear? So, I mean, I, I the Bible doesn't say we're going to have physical bodies or not. It just says believers are going to get glorified bodies. So for unbelievers, I don't know their compositional makeup of their eternal soul. But I believe they're going to be like, ouch, ouch, that's hot, that's hot. Ah, that's painful.
8: Uh, that, that seems more a bit clear. Maybe some of the terms are vague. Uh, but I got the gist of it, I guess, here. All right. Uh, Let's see here. Okay, here's an interesting question I have here. Uh, Does God actively send people to hell or do they choose it for themselves by rejecting him?
0: Uh, That one. They choose by themselves by rejecting him. So it's like if you abstain from a choice, that's still a choice. So, yeah. No one goes to hell just because God says, go to hell. Like if you if you want to be like a good person who's gonna follow Christ, then you're gonna follow Christ. Um, you're not gonna be like, oh, I want to follow Christ so much, but uh, you know, God's gonna send me to hell. Oh, that's never gonna happen. Um, if you go to hell, it's because you put yourself there.
8: Uh, all right. Uh, in your theology, can you lose your salvation?
0: I want to say. I'm going to say no, um, but I'm going to say for the people that say yes, it's a wash because both people will end up at the same conclusion. So it's only the middle ground we fight about. Uh, it's only the middle ground we fight on. The end result, both sides agree. All right. But yeah, I believe, you know, I believe um, eternal life is eternal life.
8: All right, all right, okay. Okay. Uh... Hmm. Do you think that... Okay, here's a Calvinist question. Um, does the doctrine of limited atonement mean that God has predestined some people to hell? Uh, I don't know. Do let's let the
0: Calvinist answer that. <laughs> Go ahead, Thomas.
8: Yeah, well, I'm asking, what is your view on that? Do you believe in limited atonement or something no. else?
0: My, my view is, Chris, I am not a Calvinist. I like... Uh, chris 's stance on compatibilism, even though for some reason I say it way more than he ever talks about it, uh, but I like that because it again it's the middle ground where people fight the end result everyone agrees it's like well, Calvinists and Arminian's like well if someone's in hell they're in hell, so we only fight about how they got there. did God command them to go there? did God pass over them? Did they put themselves there so uh, with that preface, I forgot your actual question. What was your question? Does God put people in hell
8: uh through the doctrine of limited atonement, does God send some people to hell and not others or something like that?
0: Yeah, yeah. so so for limited atonement, then uh, God, a Calvinist would not say God sends them to hell. They would say God elects the, the elect, so he he plucks them up from the, the bottomless wasteland and he passes over some. So uh, the way normal people would say that is, yeah, God basically says uh, by passing over them, it's sealing their fate in hell. Um, But another way to say that is God would never pass over someone who wanted to follow Christ. Like if someone was going to choose God and if someone wanted to have a heart for God and someone was going to follow God, then that's going to be someone who God does not pass over. He plucks them up. And then the Calvinists would say those people are elect. The non calvinists would say, well, they've freely chosen God. So whoever the Calvinists say our elect are the same people that Arminians would say have chosen to follow God. So it's only uh, the how that people fight about the end result. Everyone agrees.
8: Oh, all right. Okay. And last question, uh, can people be saved after death or is there no chance for repentance beyond this life in your opinion? Uh,
0: uh no chance. And I can hear the Calvinists and Arminians all agreeing that, uh, no. Once you're done, you're done. When breath goes out, your body, um, whatever you've done is is done. Uh, there's no there's no chance. Um, unfortunately, there's no offerings. There's no penance. There's no amount of prayer someone else can do. Um, your your fate is sealed. So get it right on the side of life.
8: All right, thanks, for Answering the questions. I'd like to go back in the audience.
0: <laughs> oh sure, sure. Uh, Jamesy, got a couple minutes? What's up, buddy?
11: Yeah, I've I've had a a couple ways of posing this question, and I think the one I've landed on is going to come across kind of snarky, so I apologize (laughs) for it. But it is direct. Um, How long could you have the experience of when you pray feeling like you're talking to yourself and maintain your faith? And like the, the like underlying thing here is, um, like, is profession without belief enough? Um,
0: so if you start praying, how long can you feel like you're talking to yourself um, and maintain your faith? I'd, I'd say infinitely. I mean, that would be subjective. So maybe some people um, the first time, maybe other people, you know, the whole lives. But I'd say, you know, if someone understands like, you know, the way I understand my, my faith and, you know, even though it's not the same as everyone else, most Christians will understand like, you know, you're not supposed to feel like, I mean, you know, it's by faith we believe we're safe. So then, how much less of a bar is by faith that we're we're praying out to the universe or praying to God and God is hearing us? Well, that's that's also by faith. So I mean, if you if you have a problem thinking God hears you, um, the bigger problem would be do you have faith in Christ to save you? Because that's the thing that you're not going to get any payout until you know you die in this life and realize you were right. So it's like you have to have faith in a much higher bar uh, for your salvation. So I'd say it's a much lower bar to have faith that, you know, you're praying to God and God is hearing you. Um, that being said, you know, it's it's another common trope, Chris, Chris, write this down. Where did this come from? That, uh, you know, prayer is us talking to God, reading God's word, the scripture we believe is inspired directly by God, is God speaking to us. So there shouldn't be an expectation that you should get some warm, fuzzy goosebumps or, you know, you should somehow like, like see angels out of the corner of your eye or something like that. I don't know there's there's not shouldn't be any expectation for the christian that when they pray there's going to be some weird feeling that god like some weird feeling that god is hearing or talking back to you or something like that like the whole point of praying is us communicating and we do that you know we're told god already knows our heart so before we ask and jesus says hey keep your prayers simple like you know keep your prayers like this god already knows what you need before he asks. you don't need to be all wordy like these people like praying for show like make it simple and with a clean conscience paul talks about present your request, you know, petition to God, and He already knows your heart. So our prayers, I believe, I mean it's not say don't pray too much, like you know, but the point is God already knows. He already knows what you're gonna ask for before you ask. So to your question, I would I would say that. So um I don't know if I answered well I think I did answer your question, but more is kind of pointed out some some issues with the premise of the question. So
11: it is a good the, answer. I, I'm just thinking um like if we're supposed to have like a relationship with Christ, but it doesn't feel like a relationship. If it, if I'm getting the sensation that I'm only talking to myself, or like if I'm talking to the universe, that's not the same as talking to God, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was a bad example. I mean, you. I mean, if you're a Christian, you would be directing your prayers toward God. But I mean, there. I would also say there's a. You know, what do we mean by sensation? Like it shouldn't, like if it's warm, fuzzy goosebumps that you get the same as like a, a concert you go to, I would, I would say that's, I mean, that doesn't mean it's not Christianity. Like, you know, it just means you're having emotional reaction. So like, you know, if you hear a music, if you hear a chord, if you, you know, feel the presence of God or something like that, I mean, you know, goosebumps can happen, but that's not indicative of God being there or not. Um. I, I guess. So, yeah. What is your intent? Like you shouldn't be seeking sensations, but on the other hand, that that's different than having this relationship with God. Like. I try to, you know, to say it's like a spiritual awareness or acute spiritual realization. And I I don't know in my mind that that separates this kind of thing. So it hopefully lets people know I'm not I'm not seeing this as like a sens- sensational like warm fuzzy goosebumps type thing. It's not that at all, but it's also not completely nothing. It's just like this spiritual awareness. So I I don't know how else to describe that, but I think I think you're going too much on the Warm fuzzy goosebump side, um, then I would then I would say is accurate for describing that. So okay. I don't I don't know if you can make sense between warm fuzzies and spiritual awareness, but I I think your answer lies somewhere in that.
11: Maybe I would describe it as like an intrusive thought. Like every time you pray, you have the experience of like being bombarded with this intrusive thought that you're just talking to yourself.
0: Oh, like if you're praying and like you just keep having recurring thoughts, like what are you doing? You're crazy. You're talking to yourself.
11: Yeah, and like maybe maybe that's like synonymous with having a reprobate mind, but um, like I feel yeah, like I a lot say, of people. I would say. Go ahead.
0: I I agree with you. I I think that that not not necessarily reprobate mind, but but yeah, that's like the other other angle than what I was trying to say. But I I agree with you. Like yeah, if you have like if you try to pray like never I, I don't think ever <laughs> that I can think of. Have I, you know, went to bed or woke up or read my Bible and be like, oh, you know, Lord, bless this food or thank you. Or, hey, Lord, thank you for, you know, life. Thank you for this. I appreciate this. Yeah, thank you, God. Thank you for saving me. Like, I don't think when I do this just throughout my day, um, I've ever had a thought that's like, bro, you're just talking to yourself. Like, that's interesting. So I guess you'd have to find someone that thinks that and then ask them if they're still a faithful Christian or if that's what led them astray. But but I I can't relate to that.
11: Yeah, I- I don't know how well I'm articulating it, but like I continued to believe in God and continued to try to pray for a long time before I stopped believing. And I think the thing that got me into like the stop believing initially was just feeling like I was talking to myself.
0: Yeah. I mean, the the biggest thing I'd say there is it's like none of this should be based on feeling like feelings lie. Like, you know, feeling is like if any biblical wisdom is accurate for this conversation, it's, you know, our heart is wicked and deceived, you know, apart from God giving us this new heart, then if we're if we're trusting our own feelings, that's like the best way to go astray. Um, so, yeah, like I, I would say if that's I don't know if you just said the biggest or the main or whatever you said, like a big reason why you aren't a Christian or for why you lost your faith. I would say, you know, not to tell you how to live your life, but I'd say if you line what you, that reasoning up is with the Bible. Uh, that's like a great way to go about it the wrong way. Um, If you're basing it on a feeling, um, it should be based on on faith. It's like, you know, facts don't care about your feelings. Faith don't care about your feelings. Um, So biblically speaking, I I think uh, pursuing a feeling or sensation is the best way to get off track. So, I I mean, it may be too late now, not too late forever, but um, I, I would encourage anyone in that position to not base it on feelings, base it on faith
11: yeah that that that's an interesting way to respond. I just find that it runs very counter to what we hear a lot of about like having a relationship with Christ like what does a one sided relationship look like but um but i I respect the answer it's a good answer
0: well and i and I think for the relationship like really you hear Christians and this is the difference right because people can read the same thing and come away with very different um very different understandings of it so you know to to the non-Christian who just kind of peruses the Bible for scholarly studies or for, um, you know, to prepare for a debate about why God is false or, you know, someone just, or just reads it for a historical book and they don't really give any credence or exercise any faith that these stories could be true or that the miraculous could be true. Um, then they may come away saying, how is this different than Harry Potter, uh, or some other, you know, professed, historical, accurate nonfiction work. Um, like how is this different than any other book I've read? And I understand that. But for the Christian, you know, the exercise is faith. And, you know, they, they really believe there is a God that created stuff. And these stories, you know, they, they're like something in my, my soul, spirit, intuition for a secular humanist. Something within me, like, you know, bears witness that this is true. And it's much more than just reading another book. Um, it is true. And they'll say without like warm fuzzies, there's still another thing on top of just putting eyes on a book that this is a relationship and this is God speaking to them. Not just like some guy wrote down a book a long time ago, but this is the words of God to them. And it's very fulfilling from like a relationship uh, standpoint that way without like warm, fuzzy goosebumps. So it's, it's a layer. It's more than nothing, but it's not like a fleeting human emotional appeal. It's like another layer somewhere in there. Um, Am I explaining this? Like, it's not, not like an emotional feeling, but it's also not nothing. Uh, did he get a call or something?
11: I I just don't really feel like I have a way to respond to that. I'm not sure. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna process it. <laughs> Maybe I'll get back to you. Sure, sure.
0: I mean I, I hope that gave you something that you were looking for. But I mean I yeah I, I couldn't say couldn't emphasize that enough. Like, um, it's more than just reading a book, and that's where the relationship comes in. And that's why most Christians will say that, you know, they have a filling relationship. And like Jesus says, you know, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And it's like, well, how can this be? And how can, you know, you not have like, you know, this um, God on a platter for you uh, to, you know, third party prove and verify and run tests on yet. You still believe. And I think a lot of it is actually, I haven't really thought about it that way either, but the way you presented, I think a lot of it is has to do with your, your question, the way you presented that. Um, and it really is reading God's word, but, Somehow knowing, like this Gnostic claim that you know um, that this is true and this is God speaking to you through this word um, that was written down thousands of years prior, yet it still has value today, and it, it just resonates with you. And that realization may give someone warm, fuzzy goosebumps, but that person should also know that that is just a fleeting human emotion, and faith doesn't care about your feelings, nor do facts. <laughs>
11: Yeah. So in, in terms of like the sensationalism, um like if God exists it should be like blatantly obvious and I think for most people who believe it is just blatantly obvious. So like I, I take the point. I just I find that to be largely like an intuition rather than like a like a derived fact.
0: I understand. And I mean, you know, to that I would just say like what we talked about a little bit earlier, like where um you know, I believe in large part it is blatantly obvious that God exists, you know, like Romans 1. But then to to play, I don't know, Bible's advocate for a minute, um, to people that say it's not blatantly obvious because they disagree with Romans 1. Like they say, look, bro, I'm telling you, I don't believe in a God. I, just, I don't have a knowledge. I'm not lying. To people that take that point, well, it's, I mean, it goes to kind of John, was it 9 or Mark 11? Yeah, Mark 11, I think, where the disciples ask him why Jesus talks in parables. And he says, look, because uh, some people are not meant to get this. So, I mean, if it was blatantly obvious, then everyone would get it. But then Jesus says, some people, for whatever reason, it's God's good pleasure that not everyone does get this. And this, he quotes a prophecy that's uh, like a thousand years before. And he says, it's to fulfill this. And he quotes Isaiah. And it's like nine or 40, somewhere in Isaiah. And it says, you know, having ears, they don't hear. And having eyes, they don't see. They would turn because it would be obvious and they would be forgiven. So for what other reason? I mean, maybe God's just reporting the news or maybe God's sovereignly demanding this. Like, it doesn't tell us the reason. It doesn't claim the mind of God. It just tells us what is and says some of this is supposed to remain a mystery to these people and they cannot understand it. Um, so to the people that say, why didn't God make it blatantly obvious? Um, well, God himself says it, it's for some. It is not blatantly obvious. They are supposed to miss it. And that's unfortunate. Um, But the Bible also gives hope, and it says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if someone thinks, well, you know, am I one of the unelect because I've talked to Chris too long? If they think, well, I'm not elect, so woe is me. I'm just damned to hell, and, you know, if your God exists, there's nothing I can do about it. Well, no, because the Bible says, you know, no one who trusts the name of the Lord will be put to shame. So if the Bible's true about some people are not supposed to get it and are going to go to hell because of that, then the Bible is also true that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So no matter what someone philosophically thinks about determinism or God decreed or any of this stuff, if that person can exercise faith and be like, you know what? I'm willing to call on the name of the Lord. I'm willing to dare to believe in the death, burial, resurrection of Christ. He says, we must be born again. Jesus, I will exercise faith and pray to you. You know, I'm not completely convinced you exist, but the Bible says, if we call on your name for salvation, we will be saved. So that's what I'm doing. Well, congratulations. So for all the philosophical jumbo that gets thrown in there, Someone can say you freely chose. Someone can say you've been elected. It doesn't matter if you're someone who can exercise faith. And I don't mean, I don't even mean just you. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but anyone in that scenario who thinks I'm too gone or I'm too far gone, call on the name of the Lord, ask for forgiveness and salvation. And now congratulations. You are one of the people who are saved. You're one of the sheep who hears the shepherd's voice. And there, there's just no way that someone could rightly say like, if your God exists and I'm just not elected, he, I mean, presumably, the person saying that would have many years of life left. I mean, unless they're about to get hit by a bus. But regardless, um, until they take that last breath, uh, they don't know they're in state. So um, today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. I would just uh, put that happy little note out there for
12: anyone. May I ask a question?
0: Uh, Sure. Uh,
12: Do you believe in sola scriptura?
0: Uh. (laughs) <laughs> you can define that different ways that maybe have me giving different answers, but yes, on its face, yes, I believe sola scriptura. Okay,
12: so is for sure. Okay. And uh, the event invisible church as well? Boy, Go anybody ahead. Anybody gathers in his name is the church? Uh,
0: I, I want to say yes, without getting you to define that more. I, I want to say sure.
12: Okay. Um, so how do you know you're properly interpreting the Bible?
0: Well, I will say I, the Bible says, (laughs) so as I mean, this gets to What? well, 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 yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like this gets into, I know I'm properly interpreting the Bible because I'm about to interpret the Bible, but you know, (laughs) so there are a few directions I'd like to go, but I'll I'll just start with this one. So just know there's a couple angles. (laughs) I'd like to hit this from, but I'll I'll just hit one. So one, I have reasonable confidence in my faculties through my entire existence that I have a decent head on my shoulders. I can be wrong about some stuff. I'm still wrong about some stuff, um, but I, I have have pretty decent instincts, um, as as evidenced by my totality of existence. So this far in life, I've learned that I can pretty much trust myself. Well, so that be uh, well, more of well, intuition or a feeling that's been backed up by evidence, because I, I it turns out I make the right choice looking back on choices I made. Uh, the evidence is I I tend to have make the right choice more than not, and I. Typically, not always, I'm not perfect, not at all. I typically learn from my mistakes, which for future make sure I makes make mistakes less and less. So the point is the evidence is my totality of existence. That that's the evidence I'm citing. Um and I would say so as long as you get Romans ten, nine and ten, like as long as you get very few verses right in the Bible, as long as someone is able to correctly interpret like very few scriptures, then congratulations, they're done. So like, you know, for example, Romans ten, nine and ten, it says, you know, if what, you believe
12: what, what what would be the standard for which you know it is interpreted correctly or not. Because there's plenty of different right. sects that believe different right. things and determinism and things like this. So how do uh, we trying to get say that. that they are wrong and we are not
13: or the other way around?
0: Right, and I, I'm trying to get that. So I'm I want i I'm trying to walk this up to the point where it becomes irrelevant or a moot point. So first of all, like where it says, you know, if you believe God raised Jesus from the dead and you, call, and you confess Jesus as Lord, you will be saved. So there, there are some people who manage to mess that up, but it's very few, I believe. I, I mean, compared to, you know, you would probably, wherever you're coming from, maybe Catholicism or the real church, the one true church, um, we would probably end up agreeing on the interpretation of a lot of stuff. And then you would say, well, that's because, you know, my culture has been influenced by, you know, the one true church, and that's why I come to the correct interpretation. But regardless, at a certain point, like, you know, if you get it right, I'm going to say, you know, the Spirit of God, His Holy Spirit seals you and lives with you, guiding you into all truth and understanding. So, as long as you call in the name of Jesus and you are saved, you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And now you have God, the very Spirit of God Himself, living with you, leading you into interpretation. Sorry it took so long. That's the point I was trying to get to. God Himself is who I look to. So, if, if, do you, the, believe, if I was the, in...
12: do you believe that the Council of Nicaea and uh, things of that nature were guided by the Holy Spirit?
0: Um, as far as I remember, off the top of my head, the Council of Nicaea, um, the Nicene Creed specifically. I don't remember the whole council, but I, I don't think I have anything wrong with the Council, with the uh, Nicene Creed. And for example, the Athanasian Creed. There's lots of creeds that I, I refer to often, um, and it doesn't mean that you know I'm, I'm like trying to steal their work. It just means I, I see directly how they pull their creed from the Scripture, and I happen to agree with it. So even though I may not agree with all the councils or all the church fathers, um, because I certainly don't, but wh- I mean, when they get something right, they get something right. So, you know, congratulations. Um, so, you know, if it's like the Athanasian Creed, I really love it because they're not saying uh, anything the Bible doesn't and they'll list scriptures for it. So it's not like I agree with this council of men. It's like, I agree with the scriptures and this council of men got something I believe is right. Right. So I like that. Well,
12: but so, but you're once again, referencing the, because the councils are what created what is canon and what is not canon. So how do you determine what is canon and what is not canon?
0: In your I opinion? love that question. So the 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 first answer, the overall answer, is take it all. Take everything that ever possibly could have been considered scripture. Not the Gnostic gospels because they weren't written yet. But you know, all take like you know the the whole Bible, the the whole stuff that is Deuterocanonical, like the Apocrypha. Uh, you know, take the Book of Enoch. Just take every the take everything that could have possibly been taken which is the Ethiopian Bible It's like 86 books and read that. And you're not going to find you're, like people will be able to split hairs. But overall, if you read that, you're not going to find anything that contradicts one another. You're not going to have any problems with the, with the, the, the whole Bible. So like if the book of Enoch, you'll have some questions about giants. Um, I, I don't mean to preach, but you ask a question I'm passionate about. And I, I'll try to get through this quick, but you know, if you want the missing chapter of Ez, Ezra or Esther, okay, go read the Ethiopian Bible. Um, if you want to read some stuff about the Apocrypha and the Macrabies, um great. You're going to have like the Bible version of 300, the movie, like it's socioeconomic economic politics. It's death war. It's like which murderous king is killing, waging war and which other murderous king. So there's little to nothing to do with the gospel. So if you want to say even the canon now, the 66 books, the Western Bible without the Apocrypha, if you whittle it down, you could write the gospel on a post-it note. So the stuff that you actually need for salvation, you could put on a post-it note. And the fact that the New Testament books are redundant, it's not new information, well, this, it's, this it's the same stuff matter. over and over. Context matters, is, and we
12: have, we have the benefit of context. If we're just doing, you know, sloganeering and post-it notes where if you say this one thing, then I can know God and be saved just off this one quote that seems to you know, miss the context of all the quotes. Because most of everything in the Bible is contextual within itself. So you have to, you know, contextualize it within it.
0: Sure, context is king. If you have the benefit, which we do. Um, but if you're on a desert island, I mean, and by the way, a post-it note contains more than one quote. But I mean, the gospel, the gospel message of Jesus, you must be born again. Uh, you can receive eternal life freely without payment and his death, burial, resurrection for those who believe and profess he is Lord, you will be saved. So like the, the actual gospel that you must believe regardless of context, you could put that on a post-it note. So if you have context, the context is going to say, well, Jesus is God. Look through the rest of the New Testament. In the beginning, he was before anything. So if you have the benefit of context, sure. But if you don't have the benefit of context, call on the name of the Lord. Open, sincerely seek him. He stands at the door and knocks. So, you I mean, you could put this stuff on a post-it note. And if you do that, it's basically enough to direct you to the God of the universe. And if you get to the God of the universe, God himself will lead you where you need to go. So it's not to just get you to, like, something you need to say and then you have nowhere else to go. It's to get you to the creator of the universe, and the creator himself will take you where to go. And that's the good thing about Christianity is we don't need middlemen. Like Jesus says, you, you know, Jesus is our high priest. So we don't need to go to all these other scholars, all these other church people, YouTube videos, scholarly books. If we can and have benefit, sure, why not? But whenever it comes to, okay, I need one place to go. Where can I go? It's not an imam, it's not a pastor. It's directly to God. I mean, these other these other functions, like shepherds of flocks and certain things like that, is biblical and it's certainly set up that way. But ultimately, well, the buck stops with God. So it's between God and man, not God and a middleman. You said and a yourself
12: not too long ago that not all people will get it, and they need it, and thus would need a shepherd to guide them in the correct interpretation, because not everybody is going to get all these little details and things like that, or you know, dedicate their whole life or whatever it is, but I I, I feel like, do you, do you not, so you don't believe in apostolic succession?
0: Uh, well, real quick, um, just to say what you said, since, you know, you talk about context, context is king, um, you, you did kind of move something I said out of context, so when I said not everyone will get it, and then you said that's why they need a shepherd, no, no, even with a shepherd, if someone walks into a Catholic church and says, Father, help me understand God. Also, I'm um, not Catholic, they, Okay, well, whatever you're uh, Anyway, let's just use Catholic Catholicism. I'm not either. But if someone walks in and says, you know, father or I don't know, some other preacher, um, what do you need to to be saved? What is this God thing? Explain this to me. Um, Even if a shepherd properly by however you think properly means um, explains this to them, they still won't get it because certain people are just not going to get it. If they have proper discipleship, proper mentorship, um, you know, I mean, if they have Jesus in front of them, they're not going to get it as evidenced by Jesus in front of them a couple thousand years ago, doing miracles, empirically so, repeating miracles over and over in front of everyone, and these people still didn't get it. So that's what I mean. It's like, I mean, some people, yeah, I I get your point, may not get it because of proper discipleship or shepherding, but the bigger thing when Jesus says this, it doesn't matter if they have the shepherd himself in front of them, they are still not going to get it. But as far as apostolic succession, um, to the degree that, I mean, you know, people... success succeed through and you know they have apprentices and they take over i get that but apostolic succession as authority like what they say goes no i I firmly believe that you know the first century church like jesus his disciples there's absolutely no further information needed to be added on like nothing needs to be clarified nothing needs to be added we don't need to write tomes and tomes upon it so stick to the first century church and the scriptures that we have from paul peter the disciples And just that is your home base. Stay as close as you possibly can to that. If you branch out into seeing what other people explained and how Augustine and, you know, uh, Thomas Aquinas, like, explain things, it's interesting. It can be beneficial. But I certainly would not take that as gospel. Always run back to home base, which is the Bible, the first century church.
12: Right. Well, and, and well, I don't believe that they're constantly changing content. They're more preserving that first century uh doctrine you know it may be catholicism like that's why i wanted to make sure to say i'm not catholic you know with vatican one and ultimate supremacy of the pope and all that i do not believe that
0: can i that ask what, what your leanings are or what
12: uh, where you're from coming from Orthodox. okay so like you know obviously i don't believe in the filioque way and all that um you know i'm not a catechumen or anything like that you know i'm just uh, orthodox adjacent i just see that that is more logical because there is a historicity and there is a certain authority that jesus did give on to the church now you can say that's why i asked first if you believe in the invisible church which is anybody who gathers in his name is the church but jesus did establish the church and you know and then apostolic succession not changing the doctrine having because the thing is you're Referencing the Bible with the Bible, but the people who gave you the Bible was the Orthodox, you know, first-century church.
0: Uh, so was sorry. Was there a question in there?
12: No, there wasn't. I was just saying. That. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was just kind of stating that. But you know, that that's just kind of where because I I was I would say so you would say you're a Protestant of some. What would you consider yourself?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not Catholic, so I have to be Protestant.
12: <laughs> right, technically. And even Orthodox would count Catholics as Protestants, basically. way, <laughs> it's really, it's really okay you know,
0: Well, yeah, it's funny because whenever they come out with like really crazy like, like cults or whatever, like, I don't know, Jehovah's Witness or something like that, they're like, see, they're Protestant just like you. It's like, okay, the only reason you're getting by with that <laughs> is because we're not you, so that means you're saying everything that isn't you is Protestant, even cults. So I'm like, okay, you're using, you're playing fast and loose with Protestant. Like, you know, you've got to at least be a Christian to
12: be a Protestant. Um, right. But th- there's just so many. To, so like, there's, you know, obviously there's people who don't believe Jesus is God or the incarnation of God. There's people, you know, like like you were saying, Jehovah's Witnesses, or they believe in determinism, like the Calvinists. So they're they're all. But in, in the end, you know, it goes down to the apostolic succession and the sola scriptura problem because anybody can pick up a bible and misread it um i do get what you're saying with the you know that it, it, there, it there is like the holy spirit that guides you to the truth and to the church but what that church is is what i'm basically asking is do you believe any you know anybody can get gather his name and call it a church even if they have different heresies
0: Well, I was going to say yes before you said heresy. I mean, by definition, if it's a heresy, then, well, I mean, I I guess, I mean, that would get into like the church of Laodicea and like, you know, the seven churches in Revelation. I mean, you know, I, ah, I I don't know if you could even say what, what they had were heresies. They were just doing things completely wrong. So they, I mean, uh, I I think off the top of my head, I don't think anyone were heretics. So that may be a bad example. They were just not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So they were sinning and allowing sin and putting up with sin. So maybe that's a bad example, but no. So I, ideally, I mean, technically, you can gather in his name and also have some heresies. Um, it's not good. It needs to imbe- immediately be corrected. But I mean, I guess you would say, like, you know, even as an EO, you could have an EO church somewhere um, that would be letting heresies creep in. So, I mean, it would technically still be a church. They're you just know, practicing we still heresy. Reading, and you know, we see gay indeed.
12: pastors and all these things coming up because of different interpretations. Well, actually, if you read this, it's okay to have a gay pastor or,
0: and I or think, a woman
12: yeah. as a pastor yeah. or whatever it is.
0: And I I like that point. And then Mari, welcome. I want to hear what you have to say too. But um, uh, yes, is is it Mari or it's not Mary. It's going to be Mari, right?
14: Mari, Madi, And yes, I have a gay pastor and I love him. He is awesome.
0: (laughs) Okay, I got it correct. Um, Yeah, so um, I just wanted to make sure I got your name right first. Um, But yeah, I want to hear you in a second. But I think a lot of times people will use that argument. And again, it has its merit. Like I, I would agree with you, but I wouldn't stop there. I, I would agree with, what, with your position, John, like, you know, people can interpret things. But I would also add to the mix that a lot of times when people like do things that are awry or would get into heresy territory or very unbiblical territory, it's not just because they have the intentions pure as the driven snow. And, you know, they just, oh, oops, I'm in a heresy now. Um, I think another valid point to consider is it's because, you know, people want to want to do something and they then use the Bible to justify it. So the the chances of people like innocently pursuing things and getting into heresy certainly has happened. But I think also a large, I have no idea what percentage, but a large percentage would be people who are like, oh, you know, I really want to justify this sin or, you know, I really like more than one wife. Um, How can I do this and not make it sin? And then they'll get creative with the Bible. So it's not just like, oh, oops, I'm in a heresy. It's like, no, you, you, you did this very intentionally. You twisted the word of God knowing what you're wanting to do. Uh, Yeah, responding. I I, I think that
12: goes down to authority and where you put your authority. And obviously, our ultimate authority is God and Christ. But you know, there has to be. It has to be some sort of standard that we can uphold. And I I don't. It's it's almost impossible to uphold that standard if it's just sola scriptura, because you know it, it just comes into intuition and what you're feeling at that moment instead of you know, like a succession of practice and the same texts that have been canonized and put together, that this is the canon, this is the, this is the proper way. And you, you, yeah, you could say, you know, I will, I, I want to add, you know, all the canons together. Um, But, you know, that we would just have to go into hermetics with, uh or hermeneutics, not hermetics, <laughs> uh, hermeneutics on uh, specific
0: with that, but Oh, yeah, and I don't, I don't think all can, I, I, mean, I, I obviously there's a reason I don't—the Ethiopian Bible is not my go-to, because I don't think everything should be canon. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, you know, if you—again, this is all based on the premise that someone is a true believer in Christ and has the Holy Spirit leading them. Um, and by the way, like a secular person, you'd be like, okay, well, you know, the book of, um, you know, Maccabees or the extra book of wisdom, like, that doesn't have anything to do with this, what you say is the gospel of Jesus. Like, you know, someone from an atheist perspective would be like— no, I mean, you don't need really this spiritual discernment you guys call from God. I can just read plain as day. This has nothing to do with this guy, Jesus. This is talking about, you know, wars or giving some extra cool advice that has nothing to do with the salvation thing this Jesus guy talks about. So, I mean, there's there's very easy reasons to see why you're not going to be led astray by just reading about like the Maccabees, which, by the way, is really entertaining. Like if someone made a movie out of that, that's I mean, that's seriously like biblical 300. Uh, but Mari, what, what's up, Mari? What did you have to say? Welcome, by the way.
14: Thanks. Good morning. Yes. Thanks, Nate. Um, I'm, this is just like, I don't know. Interesting that you do this every day and God bless you for doing this every day.
0: Apparently I like pain.
14: Struggle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You like pain. Yeah. You're not in pain. You're doing fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have in my hand a lizard, not currently, but in my PTR, I have a baby lizard that my scamp cat uh, brought in as he is wont to do but then he abandoned it and it went under the fridge and collected a bunch of dust because when I found it it was out in the open eyes closed and having a mouth full of spider web so even if it had wanted to eat it it couldn't have so i Anyway, by the time I've gotten it in my hand here, I'd pulled out the spider web and um, <clears throat> tried to tried to see if it would revive and in the sun eventually it did and scooted off somewhere that I didn't even see it.
0: But so are we to pray for the lizard or praise I God for know. keeping it alive or
14: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's it's oh. just it's just a small testimonial of Oh, okay. You know, good I think good intentions um, can can bring good things. So um, I'm a mystical Christian if I haven't already previously identified as such to you. And um, others in a lounge room a couple days ago did hear this. Um, And I do attend the best church, my favorite, uh, in that not only the pastoral staff, but also the congregants are living out love. And that is so authentic. Um, and yes, my pastor is, is gay and probably has known it his whole life.
0: Well, I, I guess uh, the first thing I, I would say, I, I do have some, some cats at home that would probably like to meet, uh, that wizard, um, in a very <laughs> unchristian type of way, but it is the second time I've heard you talk about the gay pastor. So, I mean, I have a feeling we're just going to have to agree. I mean, have a feeling, I guess we're just going to have to agree to disagree. Um, but yeah, with the I, I know I I guess I'm a liar. I said I had to leave like 40 minutes ago, but maybe another five. Um, yeah, I, I think we've spoken maybe very very briefly. I've, I've just kind of seen you in some of the rooms. I don't think I've heard a lot. Maybe, maybe it was you that was a mystical Christian. We had a quick conversation about. But so I think uh, John, as well as myself, um, since he was talking about the heresies and you know reading the Bible however someone wants because of sola scriptura. So I mean, uh, are are you when you say mystical Christian? Um, or is this like one of the unity churches with like the big rainbow flag um, that's that's like may say they're like quasi-Christian church, but more like universalist, like, you know, whatever, all beliefs welcome. Um, or, or is this supposed to be like a strict like Christian faith church, just somehow they have a gay pastor?
14: So I'm going to speak only from my perspective, which does not cover or color all of the people of my church, except for what I've just already told you. Um, I'll speak from my perspective. I consider myself a mystical Christian. I do not attend church with mystical Christians. It is not a okay. church of mystical Christians. It is a church of believers in Jesus Christ's blood and love and all of the obligations therein <clears throat> to love God above all else and to love oneself as you love others.
0: And so have that... they... Um... It, okay. I I'm five years
14: old as a Christian, by the way. So uh, you'll have to... You'll have to pardon me because I am not a biblicist. I do not know every scripture and verse, but I do have belief, and I did have my <laughs> uh, road to Damascus conversion.
0: Okay, I know. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So, I know we wanted to say something, right, Yeah. Yeah. Chris, quick, quick question, Marty. Do you um, do you um,
9: do you do you do you think that the, the Bible is the final saying authority?
14: So that's a good question, and only God would really know. Do I think that God has continued to speak and has spoken well before the Bible? Yes.
9: I'm not sure what that means. I, I, maybe you didn't understand the question. Like, do you, so do you, do you, are you saying that you only you, you you hold to the Bible and other types of scriptures?
14: I think God is bigger than only the Bible. That is fair that n- is something if, is that good that'll satisfy you? Okay, good.
9: Yeah, yeah, because what you're saying is that the the Bible is not the final authority, but that God has spoken through other works from other gods like maybe Islam or maybe like Buddhism or stuff like that, right?
14: This is this is my opinion. This is my faith. This is my belief. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. I just, is, I'm just
9: trying to God understand where you're coming from. I'm on mute now.
14: Thank you. One, one message. You're welcome.
0: And then so like where I guess other religions would, would conflict or butt heads with each other perhaps you'd say that's where like a you know, man messed up and got it wrong. Not God or something.
7: Yeah. Yeah. If it's no. just your opinion.
14: Well, yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, then I how would you know
7: if religion. it's true or not? How would you know this if it's true made or made not? Brenda,
0: let's not run over people quite so much. Uh, Mari, were you finishing?
14: Hey, Brenda. <laughs> were
0: that's... you done with what you are saying, Mari?
14: Um, no, I, I, I'd like to take Brenda's question. Um, how would I know if it's true or not? I think that's where each person has their obligation to continue to look into what they know or find as truth. It's an inquiry. I mean, this this whole life is a journey as, as, as each day that we're given is an opportunity to continue to awaken into truth and into love. And, and that is, I mean, it's, it's, that's a, that's a joy. It's a pleasure. It's also an obligation. We, we have, this is spiritual work to do to live.
7: Yeah. I don't really understand that because uh, I don't know what it means to awaken to truth. You either realize something is true or not. Um, Uh, And I don't know how you cope with the idea that uh, other people have different opinions about the truth of the matter of what you're talking. I assume we're talking about the truth of what the Bible says, right?
0: And I think we've branched out beyond that. Mari believes, I guess, more than the Bible.
14: Universal truth.
0: So I I think, Brandon, you were talking about something much larger.
7: Uh, i thought no smaller i think that she was talking i thought she was talking just about whether or not the bible is true
14: i'm i'm saying each individual has that prerogative by free will to continue to seek truth as they can find it as is their path to find it and and here's what i'll say um having been raised into a family of origin and i know i'm not the only one a family of origin that did not speak truth. There was subtext. You had to listen, you had to learn tone of language to understand what they were really saying. Body language. You had to learn all of these things to, to hear what they really meant. And so Mm -hmm. I grew up basically not, uh, not knowing who to trust Mm -hmm. in a way.
7: I'm not familiar with what you're talking about. I don't know what family of origin means, uh, oh, I, my I just don't. Family. Oh, okay. So I, I, I don't know what what you're. I don't understand what you're saying. Um, okay. just they whether said or not,
14: one thing and they meant another. They, well, that's, they just not have... that's just
7: people. That's just people. though.
14: Know. right. That's why I know I'm not the only one. So, truth okay, can I ask you a question Brenda? Truth finding truth, this is this is a journey <coughs> each of us is on. I reckon.
7: But what are we talking about here? We're we're not talking about the truth of the Bible, right? We're talking about something else.
0: Uh, yeah, Brenda. Uh, for well, your reference, I get I in. get
7: lost. I get lost you, when well, she's well, talking about...
0: Well, Brenda, you you came into the middle of a conversation where we were actually trying to figure that out.
7: <laughs> so well, I, we, we I were was talking about listening.
0: something. We oh, you were here. Well, someone. I had was a listening.
7: You me. were talking about oh, sola okay. scriptura. You were talking about sola scriptura. Oh, okay. and I, you're here that I, I understood that Hi, much but when you talk about truth is a journey and stuff like that i i i just get lost i don't know what people mean by that
0: well no no I? No, and we're, we're all trying to figure it out uh who had a question for brenda is that you john trying to talk oh, yeah no, that's cool. me Oh, well.
12: i was just gonna this is more of a, a personal question where you been at brenda where you been out on the made by jim bob streams are you blocked
7: i'm not blocked by uh jim bob um I just found him very uninteresting. Um, he had a um, big um, uh, dispute with Owen Benjamin, which was not interesting to me, and I just kind of generally lost interest. Um, you know, well,
12: we miss you at the Made by Jim Bob channel. All right, so you should uh, call in one of these days again. Wait, we miss you. No, I don't, don't know, I don't we know don't if agree I'm with that you,
7: interested. Yeah, are you a flat earther too?
12: I, I don't I, I take an affirmative on that. I just, I just take you the negative what? on NASA.
7: I don't take, take an, the affirmative. I don't know what that has to do with anything. What does NASA have to do with anything?
12: Well, I'm, you just asked me if I'm a flat earther, so I tell yeah. NASA
7: I doesn't an have anything to do with that. NASA doesn't have anything to do with that. They, they launch rockets. they don't, they don't, they don't determine the shape of the Earth. What are you talking about?
0: I just saw a meme on Babylon B that NASA was uh, reconstructing a set of the Moon for Elon Musk to uh, go to. <laughs> I
12: get it. Um, okay, this is
7: good. He's weird. not going to, not I, going I to the Moon. He's going to Mars. He's going to Mars. He's not going to the Moon. I love you,
12: Brenda. Just, just get back on Made by Jim Bob channel. We'll have.
7: <laughs> well, I'll, uh, I'll maybe you. I'll post. Yeah. Well, also there's there have been um, issues surrounding it with my real life that have taken precedence um ah, okay. that's that's part of the reason why and, and also i i plan on like maybe actually doing videos and stuff and maybe i would respond to some videos of of jim bob in the future
0: okay, okay. so lou had a question right lou <laughs> i thought you had a question lou are you unable to speak okay well uh yeah i've got like five more minutes uh brenda since you're to the stage did you have a or do you want to talk about this, or do you have a different question? Or About what? Anything. Or did you just want to talk oh. about the subject?
7: Well, um, she was saying that uh, there's truth outside of the Bible. I guess she gets you get messages from God outside of the Bible. Is that correct? Is that what we're talking about?
0: I think that's to you, Mari.
14: Yeah, sorry. Um, <clears throat> so... I the 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 best I can summarize it is to say that um after I awakened and, and again that my road to Damascus kind of awakening was not that I was saved again, it was that I was already saved and I and I had I had to receive that. There was no ifs, ands or buts. It was it was it was made obvious it was it was like you have no choice in the matter <laughs> quit struggling and so i'm, I'm grateful yeah. for that what every all of us are saved if we receive it if we are willing just to stop struggling stop yeah. making your life harder than it needs to be yeah. i i went i had searched every path i mean god knows but there are some things that are valid and interesting just like science is considered valid and interesting it is part of truth it belongs under that part of truth and where the bigger umbrella of god's existence or or purpose in my in my estimation if you know this is boiling it down to words right is love and above all else love god and love others as you love yourself real quick i'm going to tell you that i grew up with a real twisted understanding of love God because I didn't know, like it wasn't practiced around me and loving others as you love yourself was twisted to hear that myself was secondary and lower, lesser. And my, my biological family, you know, they do service. They're, they're more like, think of them more like humanists. Okay. People who had been battered by their religions, battered by religious people and turned away. And so they were trying to do good in the world and, but they had no love for themselves. And so they didn't teach me how to love myself either. And so what, what, what comes out is codependence, you know, controlling and trying to do for others and trying so desperately to be worthy of some good, some good feeling or something. It's fleeting and it, and it, and it's um, exhausting, you know, and so when, when God awakened me, it was like, love others as you love yourself. That as is in like mathematical terms, that's an equal sign. It doesn't matter which place, you know, left or right you put it of that equal sign, it's equal. So I have been, set, I had said set to set about balancing, rebalancing what it means to love others as I love myself. I had to look myself in the mirror and say, I love you and get past that really uncomfortable disbelieving i hate you you're disgusting you're wicked kind of thinking okay and and as i did that and as i mean over the last you know few years the quality of love that i give out to others has improved and this includes forgiveness this includes patience kindness and all the rest and all the rest my mic Well,
7: well the idea that people are wicked and stuff that's that's a christian concept. That's traditionally Christian in that we are all fallen, right? Therefore, we have a wicked, sinful nature. That—that's a Christian concept.
12: That, that's a Protestant concept.
14: Uh, I'm not no, it's that definitely, I was, I was definitely
7: non-denominational. The not
14: distorted. distorted. Yeah, I was raised in an ether of Christianity. I am, I am, you know, American-born, um, and 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 this was my my particular experience. I'm not denying that. I'm saying it was twisted, it was distorted, and it was incomplete. Besides, it was just a mess. Uh, I don't
7: know. I do. I'm just saying that the idea that uh, people or humanity is is a has a twisted or distorted or fallen nature is a very uh, Christian Christian concept. Going back, it, it's neither Protestant nor Catholic. It's 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 definitely common to both. It is it is a very common belief in christianity about the fallen nature of human human of human nature
9: it's also in judaism too though i just wanted to add that quickly um because in judaism
13: you have this belief of the evil inclination that is in all uh humanity and they have an evil inclination and a good inclination and so that goes back far far beyond when christianity was even a concept right so i just wanted to add that
7: yeah i think that's correct Right. So, so back to truth, though, um, if, if your position is Sola Scriptura, um, it, it seems to me that when, you, when you're outside, uh, Catholics have a, a, a tradition to appeal to. They have the authority of the church that they can appeal to, um, and 2,000 2, years of tradition and history. And if you're Sola Scriptura, it seems to me hard to appeal to anything else as far as uh, resolving disputes, and maybe that's why there are like 40,000 different denominations of Protestant Christianity and one well, holy not, church.
0: Well, that's not exactly right. I mean, you know, that's not doing justice to the people who are Bible only. Um, for example, they're like, well, who, which church uh, tradition do you appeal to? Be like God? Is that cool? Can we just appeal to God? So, I mean, that's kind of the idea. Yeah. And, you know, people kind of arm wave it away, Oh, I think, a little easier than they should have. Because even the people who also have church tradition, things like that, well, they would still say, well, yeah, God is the ultimate, well, maybe not all of yeah. them who put church tradition on par with Scripture, but a lot of them would still say, well, you know, God is our creator, so ultimately, everything goes to God. So I'd say, well, sure for Sola Scriptura, we look at dispute resolution through the New Testament, we have the benefit. Like, you know, Solomon says, nothing new is under the sun. So whenever we have the same church disputes today, they've been having them in the first century church, we read about them in the New Testament. Yeah.
7: Yeah, it seems to me though that there's no way to resolve those disputes in Protestantism, uh, because there's no authority to appeal to, right? You just have many different people with many different interpretations and beliefs about how they, how one, whether they're uh, dispositionalist or predispositionalist, and, and all kind dispensationalist, and all kinds of, of, of disagreements about points in Scripture, and there's no way to resolve them except by splitting. And so you have thousands of Protestant denominations and one Holy Catholic Church.
0: Well, that's actually because they have have
7: a the Catholic Church has a method of resolving them. Uh, The Pope is Christ's vicar on earth, declared by God. No, I'm just I'm I'm arguing from that that position.
3: Well, but
7: that
0: that, that argument's not entirely correct though. Like, like first of all, just because they have a way to for dispute resolution to bring everyone under one uh one church. That doesn't mean it's right. Like you know, just because the the Catholic Church has uh, ways to do things, well, I mean, you know, Protestants are Protestants for a reason. Like we think well, the Catholic true. Church we think the Catholic Church has gone outside of the Bible and has done things that are like mm-hmm. way, way wrong. So just because they have a way to resolve oh. it, if that way to resolve it is unbiblical, I mean, that's a bigger problem than not having a way to resolve it.
7: <laughs> yeah, they claim they claim to have authority above the Bible. Because that's they have yeah, no. Why, why, is, that's that pro- why, why that is that a problem? But why is that a problem? Why is that? Why because is that a problem? Because it's Yahweh says and.
9: multiple times in the New and Old Testament to not add to or take away from the words that He's given the people. Mm-hmm.
7: You know, the Pope was. Uh, um, the Pope was. Uh, Peter was given dominion.
0: See right there, they yeah. claim the. Po- they claim the first pope was Peter. There's absolutely, yeah. and of course they would disagree. But from our view. Uh, billions of non-Catholics would say there's absolutely no scriptural basis for that just because they say, well, Christ says on this rock, I will build my church. And then you extrapolate that into the Pope being the vicar of Christ with walls of 12 12 inch gold and like the Vatican and all this crazy stuff. That's such a, that's like baptized saying you have to cry tears of living water because Jesus mentions living water. Like, you read one scripture and then build, like, an entire weird heretical basis for it. And that, by the way, not all Catholics are cool with all the other Catholics. So, you know, some people will be like, well, Eastern you know, I'm Orthodox. not a uh, – yeah, or be like, well, I'm not a Vatican II Catholic. Or, you know, I'm a Catholic, but this pope is evil, and he's not my pope. It's like – so, and there's plenty yep. of issues Catholics have
12: Well, yeah, with... and, and – in... go ahead. Uh, go ahead. You go ahead. I was, ju- I was just going to say that, yeah, that is the problem with Catholicism because they also uh, base their – theology on like classical foundationalism a lot of the times and that's why and they also the pope just announced not too long ago that everybody it, i don't remember what it's called like a half hyperstatic union or whatever or um just where like ugh, i'm trying to remember the exact word but it's basically hypostatic
0: union Jesus god
12: and man no okay so that's not the right word then uh, it's like modalism or whatever i, I it, it's where basically uh, are you, you
9: thinking know, of a say you
12: no, oh, what did we'll just, the pope say was just, cool dis,
0: if you just describe it i'm sure one of us will be yeah. able to identify it yeah what's the description what did he say was cool well, basic basically like,
12: like that even. uh like islam and things like this they can all be under the Catholic universalism
9: universal yeah
12: okay yeah there you go okay
9: yeah
12: that, and that's the problem with catholicism cuz they also have classical foundationalism and universalism it's and also that breaks problem down with, because uh, of Judaism the nowadays of the Catholic too the church and the pope being infallible which we all know men is not infallible
7: well it's only infallible ex cathedra
0: yeah no. and
12: then we would also disagree with that
0: all day long yeah like, yeah they're like well he's only infallible in his office no bull the bible does not say anywhere about that
7: well you see I, I i'm sorry my my application just crapped out on me um they would say that you know the catholic church wrote the bible right they didn't get their authority from the bible they got it directly from Jesus.
0: And we would argue with that. Like no, the I, I've actually never heard Bible. that. I've actually they, never heard They that
7: wrote claim. the like, Bible them, though. I, the they wrote God. it.
0: Well, okay, hang on. Wait, say wait, say wait, that wait that stop, the stop, the stop, hang on, hang on, the... hang on. Hang there, on. there's a couple really big claims you made there. So I, I want to make sure you're not misspeaking for the Catholic Church. But if they claim they wrote the Bible, which I, I know they'll claim they canonized it, and they decided canon, which you know I can I can walk a lot further down that road. But if they claim they wrote it, first, I, I know no. that can't be the official position I, because they were not Jews. They were yeah, not Israelites. They yeah, my mistake.
7: I, my mistake. They, they decided which, which of the extant literature was, was, uh, yeah. was from the word of God and which was not. Okay. Right. They, they well, decided that's not even, that's that not the even gospel of Thomas of is, is new yeah, yeah, I still argue
9: Jews, with that. The Jews uh, X'd out books from the canon long before the Catholic Church was ever even dreamt up. So long before the fifth century or sixth century when the Catholic Church was officially you know ordained and, and put together, the Jews exed out books like jubilees and 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 other books like that um, from their canon. So Josephus writes about a canon long before the Catholic Church did. So anyway, sorry I just want yeah to talk you're about making that. an
7: excellent case for the Bible being the product of men.
0: No yeah We're making we're making an excellent case for the Bible not being a product of the Catholic Church. So, oh, welcome, Abba. Um, yeah, so, Abba, um, I mean, it was it was walked back, but um, you know, just for kicks, tell us how the Catholic Church did not write the Torah.
15: <laughs> um, they didn't. Are you sure? Boom. Yes. <laughs> you answered that too quickly.
7: No. Okay. I, I didn't. I didn't intend. I didn't intend to imply that they physically wrote it. I, I meant by by wrote they meant they assembled uh, uh, literature into what is now considered. Uh, well actually the, into what is the Catholic Bible and Protestants reject parts of the Catholic Bible based on what authority I don't know based on no authority at all you have no That's you not have no authority to reject to reject um the Catholic Bible you don't accept the Catholic Bible well,
0: you remind me of Sauron telling you remind me of Sauron telling Gandalf on, right now you have no power here <laughs> uh,
7: you, so you don't do you, do the you the don't have power
15: we just claim it
0: Wait, wait. Brenda, there's uh, Abba. Uh, yeah, Brenda. Abba, you were speaking. Go ahead, Abba.
15: Yeah, just two things. I don't think that's how authority works, um, because actually, authority is about you're wrong and I'm right. So the so what you're saying is correct. In other words, they don't need someone else to give them authority. They look to find the authority somewhere else. It's not right. That's just how it works. The other thing I wanted. Oh, the real left. But like canonization, the process of canonization is not so much about. Taking things out of the tradition as it is um, defining the textual tradition, which I think is a lot different. Uh, I think it's that's not, the same thing. Like all... No, it's not. Yeah, it, it is. is. You no, don't accept not, the Gospel
7: of Thomas. You don't Brenda, accept the Book of Enoch. Brenda,
15: the Brenda, Gospel of Thomas didn't exist. Brenda, no, no, no. Wait, wait. Brenda, you're interrupting and you don't understand because you've interrupted. Okay. When we look at the process of right, in other words, in the Council of Nicaea, right, it's they had all the books on the table and they said, What's in, what's out? What that tells you is that there was no sense at that time of authoritativeness of scripture, of what's more authentic than the other. There were debates and they debated it, right? Yeah, and then they decided yeah. this is what stop interrupting. But and I'm then just they talking. Bes- I can't help. Stop I'm just talking. Stop interrupting. Stop interrupting. Thank you very much. I'm trying to make a point and we can have, I'm certainly happy to have a flow back and forth, but please let a guy finish his comment. Thank you. Okay. So real brought up, for example, the book of Jubilees, the book of this or whatever in the Hebrew Bible, right? At least in the Hebrew Bible context, it wasn't so much about this is in and now we're cutting it out. The process was much more these are all the books floating around. There is there is a disagreement about various authorities, but it's not like there's a, a set and everyone thinks it's a canon and then it's like uh, pared down. That's not the process. It's that there are all these different books that may or may not play in different groups, right? And then when you're trying to coalesce it into something different, then you kind of you're just making decisions about inclusion, which is very yeah. different than the mindset of the process about cutting things out uh, I, well, I understand it's like sort of two sides of a, diff- of a coin but it's important to say it the way that they mm. thought about
7: it so there was these books on the table and some were in and some were out at the end of the process right at the end of the process the they had a text the at, the
15: at the end, end of the, of the process, process
7: they had a text right. who gave them the authority to decide
15: they did that's how they don't works.
7: have that authority. They don't have don't that understand. authority.
15: No, excuse me. Excuse me what I'm is it? I don't understand. Because that's not how authority works. Authority is yes,
7: authority.
12: it is. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yeah, you it is. The councils were guided by the Holy Spirit. The okay, hang on, guys.
0: Is- yeah, hang on. There, this, is, this is going nowhere, and I I've had to go oh, for like an hour. I am, I am extremely late. Um, Abba, I wish you would have been here like three hours ago. But yeah, to summarize, Brenda, the Catholic Church gave themselves the authority because they said they have the authority and they claim that back to Christ, mm-hmm. which is a claim. I could make the same yeah. claim myself. It doesn't mean yes, it, you could. it doesn't mean it's doesn't mean it's accurate. You could too. That's right. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's That's accurate. That's right. So so That's the th- point th- is authority so is a sign.
7: Authority is
0: Brenda, I'm only moving you down because I have to go. I'm just trying to cap this thing off. Um, and then I'll, I'll give Abba, uh, Abba one more thought since I just got here if you'd like. But uh, yeah, Brenda, come back. I'm only moving you because I just got to get out of here or I never will. But the point is, we had all the scriptures. It's not like they put everything before them and are like, okay. And you know, God like Ouija board guided their hands on it. The point is, we had the scriptures, we had the writing, the first church was operating just fine without a guy in a funny hat and robe in Rome. So the first century church had all these writings, had all the epistles of Paul, you know, he was walking around, he was talking, they were all doing the same stuff. So You could, if I were to canonize something right now, like good job on St. Jerome for verifying some stuff and validating some stuff to make sure it was authentic. So if they want to claim authenticity or they authenticated stuff, wonderful. I can walk even farther down that road. But if I wanted to canonize stuff, I would grab all the stuff that was authentic, authenticated uh, to do with the gospel and to do with Jesus, just like they pretty much did. Um, And I'll be like, great. There's your canon. All the stuff about wars, all the stuff about the Maccabees, all this other stuff, if it doesn't have to do with you know Jesus and the gospel message, there's no reason for it in the Bible. So if I was canning something, canonizing something, that's how I would do it. So the point – people act like it's such a big deal. Like if you don't have the Catholic canon, how do you possibly know what to read? Read the stuff about Jesus. All the stuff about Jesus, everyone agrees on. The Ethiopian Bible has all the stuff about Jesus just like the Catholic Bible, but a ton of extra stuff that has nothing to do with it. The Catholic Bible has all the stuff about Jesus – plus the Apocrypha that has little to nothing to do with it. The 66 Western White Devil Bible has all the same stuff about Jesus and, you know, a little bit of stuff that does not. So the point is, all of these Bibles have all the same stuff about Jesus. The only difference is how much extra non-Jesus stuff related they have. Um, Abba, do you want to give a final word? And then I really do have yeah, to Yeah, I, I
15: was just going to say, we shouldn't mistake authority for some kind of, like, um, as you said, It doesn't mean it's true or that like that's actually how they did it. In other words, if you're going to rest, if you're going to claim authority because that's what the scripture said, you are, it's not your authority, it's scripture's authority. And if you're going to do it on Jesus, then it's Jesus' authority and not yours. In other words, but but what's actually happening in the mechanism is that the people who are trying to have authority and power are looking for the thing that's not them to pin it on, to hang their hat on. But, What's actually happening is they're just taking it. And that's what you have. That's the debate between religious traditions. What gives you the authority? What gives you the authority? But what they're actually arguing about is what gives you the right. And the answer to that is, is that they did it and they made, they made a reasonable explanation to support their views. And you, if you accept that explanation, then they have the authority. And if you don't, then they don't have the authority. That's how it works.
0: I totally agree, and whenever they say this is my case for why the Catholic Church has the authority, I will say I hear your case. It's respectable, um, but I disagree. <laughs>
15: <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, so just to like Brenda's point, it's not um, – if her critique is what gave them the authority to make the decisions about what the canon should be is, it's because they agreed that they were the group to do it. The people who didn't agree that they had authority weren't in the room having the discussion.
0: Uh, That's what authority means. Abba, I appreciate your contribution. And goodness, I I wish you could set your alarm clock to get here a little earlier some days. (laughs) But uh, thanks for joining. And uh, yeah, Brenda, come back. I I always like talking to you, too. Um, Well, most days I like talking to you. uh, But I really do have to go. This has been like an hour longer than it should have been. Um, Everyone have an awesome day. And John, good to talk to you, too, for a while. So we'll catch up later, I
12: guess. Have a good one.
0: Take care, everybody.